This podcast is a production of WCWP, LIU Post Public Radio. Check out our lineup of original programs, listen live, or support by visiting WCWP.org. Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside my co-host, James Montefusco, Chris Klimazuski. They call him the once-a-month wonder. He just had a birthday pass, Was John Wasserman. And our guest tonight, Kyle Earhart. Now, it is the first day of summer. Uh, feels like the middle of winter here in the studio, but we are all in short sleeves. That's good to know. Uh, remember, we are podcasting. You can listen to our podcast on Friday when it is up on Apple Podcast, iTunes, and we now have an Instagram. Just type in Review and Preview. Shout us out. Give us a follow. John, welcome back. It's good to be back. Also, welcome to the 22-year-old club. You now join me, Chris, and James. So, Yeah, I feel like a grandpa on campus now. <laughs> that's right. John and Chris are now the old men of WCWP Sports. Oh, yeah. So We got some stories there, to tell. There you have it. <laughs> yeah, uh, back in the day when we were kids. <laughs> remember, you can call in with your questions, thoughts, comments at our call number, 516-299-2030. Call in. Take part in our live show. And a quick announcement now, as you guys know, there was no show next week. I was away in Arizona, uh, but our longtime co-host, Tommy Mack, will no longer be a part of Review and Preview live here in the studio, so he will no longer be a co-host. He will be calling in tonight, and we are dedicating this show to him. Uh, Tommy Mack started on Review and Preview about a month or two before I did, so a little over two years on the show. Shout out to him. And let's transition, waste no more time, into the Major League Baseball Hot stove segment, guys, players are striking out more than ever before. At a clip of 22.5% of plate appearances this year are strikeouts. In fact, there's more strikeouts than hits this year. I want to hear what you guys think is the cause. Uh, What I think it is is that the game is changing. You know, there's more power hitters now. It's either home run or strikeout. Take the Yankees for, say, you know, they implode so many runs on opposing pitchers, but the strikeouts are there, and they're high. Chris? What I think it is, I th- well, I, what I've heard is that I think it was a year or two ago that MLB changed the stitching on the ball, and that's why you see more home runs and you see more strikeouts. P- uh, the pitchers are able to put more, a little more power behind it. That's why you see a lot of these guys like Syndergaard, Severino, even Max Scherzer, and, and he's pretty old. He's he's pushing up to like ninety six, ninety seven miles per hour, and you have Severino and Noah. Sin, I mean, uh, yeah, Severino and Syndergaard pushing it at like ninety nine, a hundred, constantly too. It's not like this is just once in a blue moon uh, pitching appearances when they do it. This is every time they go out on the mound. Right. So I think it's the it's the um, the stitching on the ball that's making people strike out more because, like you said, Tom, it's either strike out or home run between these people, and that's what's making the ball go faster and travel further. I'm agreeing with both of you on this um, because you've seen it with the Yankees like you mentioned, Tom. Everybody's hitting those home runs. Chris is saying along with, um, you know, the stitching on the ball. But I also think when the guys are in, like, tougher situations, when they got two two or a man on base and it's a close game, they're swinging to hit that long ball. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So say if it's, like, the eighth inning and they're home – the, everybody that's getting up to at bat is swinging to hit that long ball, and I think it's just causing. And a lot of people are looking for those home run numbers. Right. They're not looking for on base percentage. They're not looking for runs batted in. If yep. they can hit those long balls, they're getting a contract. 
Now, speaking of home runs, you know, the Yankees usually come to mind, but one team we got to get to is the Houston Astros. They're the first team to 50 wins this season. I remember we were talking about the first team to get to 40 wins. We were all saying the Red Sox or the Yankees, most likely the Red Sox, but the first team to 50 wins is the Houston Astros. They had their 12-game winning streak, very impressive, by the way. They had that snapped on Tuesday, and they've been hitting a lot of home runs. They've been hitting great. Um, They actually had three back-to-backs the other day, George Springer, Bergman, and Altuve, three back-to-back home runs. That was the first time they've done that since 2008. Incredible. And those three players are three young studs in this league, and what's scary is they're so young, and they're the defending World Series champions. And not to mention, 29-11 and on the road, that's the best in the majors, guys. Very impressive. Yeah, no, that's some that's some juicy stuff you got there. I mean, this Astros team, you saw it last year, and that's why they are the World Series champs, and they're all young guys too. Altuve is a five-tool athlete. You, you rarely see those anymore. You, he can steal, hit for power. He play the field. He, can, he does it all. And you guys got, and you have like uh, Alex Bregman and Carlos Correa, who were what Carlos Carlos Correa was the number one overall pick in the draft, and Alex Bregman was number two coming out of that draft too. Also, and you saw Springer develop with this team also, and he's he's a he's a power guy, and that's why he was the MVP of the World Series last year. This team is just flat out amazing, and they deserve to be the fifty wins, we're at, have fifty wins right now, and just deserve this whatever they're doing right now, because they, I personally, I think they're the best team in baseball. Yeah, uh, that's a really great point. And, and James, um, I've got to get to you here. Yeah. Now, I know you're a Mets fan, and you see a lot of the Philadelphia Phillies, mm-hmm. and one thing that I've got to say is that Somewhere? the Phillies have been super impressive. They're actually a funny story about them. Hello? Their reliever, Phil Neshek, actually, he got a Facebook message that he hadn't opened for over four years. Now, Chris and James, I don't know if you guys heard about this story, but the Phillies reliever, Phil, Phil Neshek, got a message, a contract offer from the St. Louis Cardinals back in 2014 to be in <laughs> wow. their minor league system. And he just opened it the other day. Huh. And he's like, thanks, I appreciate the offer, but now I'm a full-time reliever <laughs> for the Philadelphia <laughs> Phillies. Uh, funny stuff, so... You know, talking about guys on the move and stuff. Uh, speaking of that, a couple of guys that are on the move that could be on the move. A hot name right now is Manny Machado, the third baseman for the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah well. Where could he be headed, and who, yeah, who may need a guy like him? I mean, who? I mean, everyone can use a uh, Manny Machado on their team, no matter who it is. But. So I actually didn't even hear about those rumors yet. I mean, you heard during the offseason that the Yankees wanted to possibly grab him, which I thought was um, dumb on their part because I don't think they needed – well, at the time they needed a third baseman, but, and Duhar's produced so well they don't need him anymore. At least I don't think so. And, I mean, he can re- realistically play for any team, and he's that good of a player. Like I said with Altuve, he's, uh, Machado's a five-star athlete. In immediately again, it's very rare to, uh, it's very rare to see players like that nowadays too. So, I mean, Tommy, you, you said where he could, where could he fit? He could fit anywhere in the MLB. Any yeah. team could use Manny Machado. Manny Machado, uh, Adrian Beltre as well, maybe on the move. And guys, we actually have our first caller of the night. Seven minutes into the show, that might be record time. Uh, caller, please state your name and where you are from. 
Looks like we're having a little uh, connection issue there. And we'll hopefully get that caller back on in just a moment um, as John tr troubleshoots that issue. Anyway, um, talk about Beltray on the move. And Chris and James, I'm going to leave you with this question for a minute. Big hot topic right now. Um, should the Major League Baseball fix the playoff seating? And here's my theory as to why. The Yankees and the Red Sox are two of the top teams in, in the league. Uh, with the exception of the Houston Astros right now, they're the two best teams. And the Major League Baseball playoffs could potentially be ruined if one of them has to play. One of them's going to have to play in the play-in game come October. Well, yeah. And if they lose, remember, this is one game. This is do or die. If they have one bad day, they're done. This could ruin the playoffs. Do, does the Major Leagues need to fix this is my question to you. They may need to. Um, I mean, it, it would stink to see that do or die at the moment. But um, I wouldn't say you fix that midseason now or you may right. try to because the season already started. Um, unless they want to roll out something right either before the All-Star break or after the All-Star break. Be you just need to do that then because you can't wait any longer. Then teams are like, well, I should have gotten in with my old record. Um, so it could be in for discussion. I feel like it would better fit next year considering the season's already halfway through. So I think, what my in my opinion, I think they just keep it, keep it the way it is. I mean, yeah, it stinks that... That's what that that's something that could happen, but that's just baseball at this point. I mean, you're you're already trying. People, Man, Rob Manfred's already trying to ch change the game of baseball by adding the the pitching clock, adding all, changing the baseball, like we mentioned before, doing all yeah. this stuff. I think keep the seating where it is, and yeah, it stinks that the Yankees possibly might have to play in a playoff uh, playing game, or the Red Sox might have to do that. It stinks, yeah. Just gotta win. Exactly, yeah. you just gotta win. You gotta prove that you're the best team in baseball. And right. If it comes down to that one day, you gotta be the best team that day, and then battle it out throughout the World Series. I agree with both of you guys. Uh, I don't think it should be changed. Um, my thing is this: if you win. You're in, and you don't put yourself in that predicament. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the Yankees versus the Red Sox. Who wants the division more? Who wants to sit back and potentially wait for their opponent? Yeah, that's what's uh, left to be determined. But guys, we got a while to talk about that. It's about three <laughs> or four months down the road. Uh, we're only seventy games into the season. The season is still young. Well, just to just to piggyback off that too, you saw it last year too. The Yankees were the wild card team and they they were one game away from going to the World Series. They mm -hmm. proved how good they were and they that they, that they beat the not uh, they outlet they lasted longer than the Red Sox did and the, the Red Sox won the AL East last year. So it is you literally just have to prove that you are the best team when it comes to that wild card game if you play in it. Yeah, and another thing we got to talk about um, the Yankees and Red Sox have been very successful to two different ways. I think the Red Sox have been a more well-balanced team than the Yankees in terms of their pitching and hitting, where the Yankees have... Their starting pitching has been decent, but the back end of the rotation has been the issue, as where the Red Sox rely on these big hitters. And speaking of other playoff teams from last year who had fantastic pitchers, Corey Kluber is the first pitcher to get 11 wins this season. And actually, he pitched yesterday against the White Sox. They won 12 nothing. He pitched... Seven innings of one hit ball, no runs. He retired his last 16 batters. Um, this guy might be the front runner in the American League right now for the CY Young. 
I love Corey Kluber. And I'm not just saying that just because he's on my fantasy team and blesses me up every time he starts. But, oh, sure you do, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but he is he's just a fantastic pitcher. It's year yeah. in and year out. I mean, I think, what, like five years ago he had one bad season. And it wasn't even that bad for him. Huh? But he's going out and pitching seven-plus strikeouts every week, pitching seven-plus innings every week, and he's doing it constantly. And he is looking phenomenal. And that's why he has a sub-two ERA with over, well, I, be, I believe, a, over 100 strikeouts, I yes. think. Yep. So, I mean, Tom, I, would, I wouldn't doubt you that he could possibly win the Cy Young this year. I agree with you 110%. Um, now, Kluber is in the discussion for maybe the best pitcher in the American League, maybe all of baseball. But my next question is, who's the best catcher in baseball? Hmm. There's a really hard case right now, believe it or not, for JT Realmuto, who is on a bad team, a young, inexperienced team more, I should say. They're an underdeveloped team, and he's kind of the standout guy. He's a guy that may be dealt at the deadline, and a guy that the Mets were looking at for a while, and I don't even think he's in the top five for the NL. I mean, look, I think Buster Posey deserves to be in the All-Star game. The guy could easily be a future Hall of Famer, but for JT Real Muto to not even be in the top five vote-getters for the National League in catching, it's quite surprising. He no. should be. Oh, he 100% like. should be. Yeah. JT Real Muto is another guy who's emerged on the Marlins as their star player. Well, star player now that uh, Yelich, Ozuna, and Stanton are all gone. Yeah, that whole outfield. That whole outfield's gone now. But he, when he was there, he was kind of like the fourth guy on that team like that no one really paid attention to who was there always he and the one thing i love about JT Realmuto he's so, he's solid too he'll he'll hit over 290 he won't get that many home runs yeah but he's a leadoff guy he'll get on base for you and he's great and it's something that i would love to mess to get at the trade deadline if it happens and i think he will be dealt at the deadline just because this team stinks they traded away everyone else on. <laughs> they traded away everyone else on the team. They might as well just trade him, get more prospects out of him. Right. So and yeah, it's a little shocking that he's not in the All Star conversation when he does. He has almost identical numbers to Buster Posey. Right. So do you guys? I have a question for you guys. Sure. Do you guys feel that the Marlins should keep Realmuto? Why it's such a young team? to show them kind of the ropes and how to build a successful team? Or do you think they should just deal them and have it clean slate? Look, I, uh, I, I see your side on that. Um, I think there's an argument for keeping him and there's an argument for dealing him. If, I've, if I was the Marlins, I'd grab a life vest. I'd put him in a life vest and wouldn't let him go anywhere. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people thinking that he's going to get dealt to a contending team. So this is something that's going to be discussed all the way up until July. Um, yeah. Will he get traded? That'll be left to find out. Personally, I love him on the Mets, but with the way Devin Messerocco has been playing right now, um, out of the two options, he's the better of the two. To he add is. Rail Muto to that mix and dump Plo, uh, Kevin Ploiecki, that would be pretty awesome, if you ask me. Ploiecki stinks, but we'll get into the Mets yes. later. <laughs> we'll, uh, but, we'll save our misery for yeah, the Mets. Yeah, but you, Tom, you were talking about, like, have him. He's clearly the best player on the Marlins right now, JT oh, Real Muto. Yeah. And you talk about him, come, like, keeping him and 
have, having the young guys learn from him. I think he's a young guy in himself, too. He's 27 years old. I think he has to go. They have Justin Bohr on this team who's been who's also been here for a while, who can also teach. You have Stalin Castro, who was on the Yankees last year, who has playoff yeah. experience, who can mm-hmm. also teach these young guys. And Cameron Mabin's on this team, who was on the Angels last year, right? I believe he was on the Angels. I think he might have been, yeah. He was on the Angels last year and then the Astros a couple of years ago. So he has experience right there with playoffs right there. So I don't really think they need anyone to come in and, like, mentor these guys because you have Castro and Maben. I think JT has to go. He's, I think he's going to be traded at the deadline because this team needs prospects. Because right now I'm looking at this team and it's just – I don't even know who these guys are. Like it's yeah. why yeah. why Chen is on this team. Oh. That's how bad they are yeah. doing. Look, and Chris, by the way, you were right. He was on the Angels, and then I believe he was traded to Houston at the deadline. I could be wrong. Cameron Mabin. Yeah, yeah. He was. He was mm-hmm. at at some point in his career. He was on the Astros. <laughs> now, um, catchers like Real Muto for the Marlins. Uh, James, you actually uh, sent this to me. I believe it was yesterday or Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, Yadier Molina now holds the record for most games at catcher with one Major League Baseball team. And the Mets know Yadier Molina very well. Mm -hmm. He was the starting catcher back in 2006 when the Mets and Cardinals were in the NLCS. Chris is about to lose his marbles. (laughs) Um, Okay, we'll talk about the Mets misery later. (laughs) Well-deserved, though. Well-deserved for Yadier Molina. Um, Now let's get into All-Stars quick. The all-star teams have been announced. Uh, Not announced, but the leaders, I should say, have been announced. And as of right now, we'll start with the American League. Currently leading um, at first base, base, it's Jose Abreu from the White Sox. Second base, no shocker here, Jose Altuve from the Houston Astros. At shortstop, Manny Machado from the Orioles. And the third Jose in the infield for the American League, uh, Cleveland Indians young stud Jose Ramirez. And then at catcher, Wilson Ramos, D.H., J.D. Martinez, and then in the outfield, left to right, Mookie Betts from the Red Sox, Mike Trout from the Angels, and none other than number 99, Aaron Judge from the New York Yankees. What do we think of this lineup, and is there anybody missing that should be on that first round of starters? I mean, they, I mean I'm looking at it right now. I mean, these guys are all—I mean, wait, is Mookie Betts still injured? Uh, you know, I don't because that will determine. I mean, that's that's. Is. I mean, that's not. I mean, it's not big for this line because this. Right. Like you have literally have, arguably the best player at each position throughout the whole MLB. Right. I mean, because yeah. Mike Mike Trout's having an MVP like season. Aaron Judge isn't slowing down anytime soon. Yeah. Jose Altuve, Manny Machado, Jose Ramirez are just doing their regular stuff. Yeah. And well, Jose Abreu, Wilson Ramos are doing fantastic, and JD Martinez is the DH is the number one DH right now too, so. Does he still lead the majors in homers? I think he either no, hit, that is Mike Trout. Trevor Story, Mike Trout, one of those Mike guys. Trout Mike Trout is Trout. the leader in home runs, which he uh, blesses my fantasy team every week. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> but this team, it's, I mean, I don't know what the NL is going to put up against this. But, yeah. I mean, the only the only thing it's the rough. NL, the only, I will say this, the, the AL has better hitters, but the NL has better pitchers. I'll give, I'll give us that. Yes. I'll give the NL that. Oh, yes. So, I would. It's very, I always like to see what pitchers are going to come into the All Star break. I mean, the All Star teams because that that's who the managers pick. Right. So 
it'll be very interesting to see. But this this team up and down. I mean, you can literally make an argument to see if Glaber Torres can be somewhere in this lineup. But between Manny Machado and Jose Altuve, I'm not gonna. You're not gonna see it. What's really shocking to me? Not I really shouldn't say it's shocking anymore. But if you go back to the start of the season, and that if you say Glaber Torres is second among second basemen in the American League, and Miguel Andujar is second amongst third basemen, you'd probably roll your eyes and say, eh, you know, wake up and smell the coffee, you're drunk. You know what I'm saying? As of right now, they're second in each of their positions, and they're in line to make it as reserves for All-Stars. And that's pretty crazy. And don't forget, Giancarlo Stanton, I'm pretty sure, is second amongst DHs as well. And he's really starting to turn it up as well. Oh, yes, he is. The Yankees have about five guarantees, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, starting, probably just Judge, but Stanton, Torres, and Indujar are definitely in line to make it as reserves. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And they're, they're younger than us. Libra Torres is 21 years old. <laughs> I think Indujar is maybe 23, 24, but Libra Torres is younger than the four of us sitting here on the show right now. Miguel Andujar is 23 years old. Okay, so he is older then. <laughs> well, here's here's the other thing, too, that I've got to say. James, we were talking about Mike Trout's stats, starters amongst the American League. Now, Trout's been in the league since 2011 at the major league level. Yes. He got called up midseason. Trout is hitting 696 in his last eight games. That's I believe that's as of... Yesterday, Yesterday, I believe. Yeah, and he's gotten on base in 29 of his last 36 at-bats. I repeat, Trout has reached base in 29 of his last 36 at-bats. And I think he is the golden horse of Major League Baseball right now. What I mean by that is he's the best player in the league. He's the best position player in the Major League. Oh, he 100% is, and that's why... I mean, uh, uh, there's nothing you could say bad about Mike Trout. He's just overall fantastic. I'm pretty sure he leads the MLB in batting average. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he leads MLB in hits. I'm not. I'm not positive on that. You guys can't. Don't don't. No one quote me on that. Um, <laughs> but he's leading. He's leading the league in home runs. He has 48 RBIs, 13 stolen bases. This guy is killing it. He's incredible. He is amazing, and it's great because he's he might go down as one of the best players of all time. The way he's pl- the way he's playing right now. Oh, for sure. When he was a rookie, he was up there. He was second in M- M- MVP point, right behind Miguel Cabrera. If it wasn't for Miguel Cabrera, a couple of those years he's been playing, he might be in every uh, an, an MVP every year he's been in the league almost. So. He, th- it's no, it's no shock that what he's doing right now at the age of okay. twenty six. So, congr- I love Mike Trout. Sorry, That's what's, what's your name? What town are you? Um, now, speaking of Mike Trout, okay, give me one moment. the National League, the National League All Stars. We will go left to right here in just a minute. And Chris, you'll actually give us the National League All Stars. I'll give you my phone here so you can read them off. Oh, okay, cool. I will read these. At starting catcher, we have Buster Posey, first base, Freddie Freeman, second base, Ozzie Albies, shortstop, Brandon Crawford, third base, Nolan Arenado, and now outfield from left to right, you have Nick Markakis, Matt Kemp, and Bryce Harper. And quick fun fact about Markakis, he's never been an all-star before. This will most likely be his first time as an all-star, and I'm pretty sure the Braves have three or four starters in their lineup, Markakis, Albies, and Freeman. Alone, and we actually have a caller 
that we're going to get up on our line now. And caller, please state your name and where you are from. Oh, hey, I'm Nick from Huntington. Nick from Huntington, great to have you on the show. So what is your question to the staff here on Review and Preview? Well, uh, I got a couple points just to make about the Mets. I, I, I think we just got to trade everyone off. It, it's kind of getting ridiculous <laughs> now. We can't, we can't win a goddamn game. Yeah. I think we just need to start from scratch, get rid of DeGrom, get rid of Syndergaard, get rid of uh, Conforto, Nimmo, everybody. Cabrera, we just yeah. got to... We just got to pull off uh, a Marlins. Even Nimmo. Cheater did. Even Nimmo? Even Nimmo. Wow. Even Nimmo. Um, Look, the, the way I see it is that this team, this core that we got, it, it, they're just a bunch of scrubs. Yeah. Um, I, would bet, I would bet you right now that the Marlins get to a World Series before we do. Look, I can't, I can't argue with you when Wilmer Flores <laughs> is hitting cleanup, you know? Uh, James, Kyle, what are your thoughts on the Mets, man? I mean, trading Nemo, I, I see that. Um, really? Because, well, he, he could get prospects, but yeah. at the same time, he's kind of your bright star out sure. of that whole team. Um, and then, I guess, trading everybody else. I mean, you trade Syndergaard, you keep DeGrom, in my opinion, but that will obviously probably come later on in the show. Right. Um, now, Nick, um, we're, we're actually going to get to the Mets in our, our in our next segment, so we hope you keep li- uh, listening for that. But um, absolutely, in terms of in terms of trading the whole team now, Chris, guys like Nimmo, do you agree with potentially trading Brandon Nimmo with how he's produced? Look, this team absolutely flat out stinks, and I'm a diehard Mets fan, so. I agree with trading Nimmo. Do I agree with trading Degrom and Syndergaard? No, I don't. But I only say that because... you got to you got to trade everybody with some sort of marketable value. No, I, I, mean... I I agree with you there. But what the Mets are asking for from people, like they won't like it's going to be way too much for people to give up for teams to give up to the Mets. Like right. I, for the Mets, they would want if they were going to trade him to the Yankees, which would never happen. They would want and Duhar, Clint Frazier. X, Y, and Z, and the Yankees, and no, no one's going to give up. No one's going to give up uh, Cinde- uh, Degrom, right. Degrom for that. Well, the Yankees won't take Degrom at this point. No, I the, think not the even Yankees, the Yankees tra- won't get, take Degrom. The Mets won't give them Degrom right. or Syndergaard. They wouldn't I, give them Lucas Duda, let alone yeah. uh, Syndergaard or Degrom. The Mets and the Yankees are not good trading partners. I will admit. <laughs> um, now, Nick, quick question: uh, Where do you think might be besides the Yankees a potential landing spot for a guy like Degrom or Syndergaard? See, DeGrom, the fact that the Astros are as talented as they are and still have the beefy farm system that they have, right. I, I could see them landing over in uh, landing over in Houston at the at the deadline. My my biggest fear is that we're just going to hold on to hold on to our assets way too long, and we're going to end up getting nothing for a future Hall of Famer like DeGrom. Yeah, no, I agree with you there, Nick. Uh, Kyle, I know you. You and Nick are good buddies from home, right? Uh, yes, yes. Nick is a. Uh, good I wouldn't. Of mine. I wouldn't say that, but. <laughs> <laughs> now, again, we got a bunch of Met fans sitting here in this room, and you know we're talking about trade deadlines, but you know we're talking about Estrubel Cabrera, who is on the borderline of being an All Star. I don't think he makes the cut, to be honest with you, but. In terms of, like, Ozzy Albies and Scooter Jeanette, two guys leading at second baseman for All-Stars, do you think there's more value in trading Cabrera and developing a guy kind of like what Atlanta and Cincinnati did in those two guys moving forward? 
Ah, uh, yes. If you trade a Dribble Cabrera, the Mets will probably get what? A, a, so some playoff team is going to need a Dribble Cabrera, so they yeah. trade him. They could get so what? A prospect, maybe a yeah. pitcher, anything you know, anything to help this farm system that's depleted, obviously. Yeah. Um. And speaking of first baseman as well, the first baseman in the National League are stacked right now, by the way. I mean, you got Freddie Freeman, you got Joey Votto, Cody Bellinger, uh, and I'm pretty sure there's two other top-name guys, too. The National League first baseman depth chart is out of control right now. I think there's five guys that are worthy of being All-Stars. Um, actually, me and Chris are both pulling up the ballots right now. Now, we know Freddie Freeman leads um, that category. It's a very crowded, jam-packed. Chris, do you have those... Uh, Names for us for Freddie Freeman. After Freddie Freeman, I think. Mm, I'm trying uh, to think. I know Bellinger is third. Nick, would you happen to know? Prob- I think Bellinger is third. Votto, Votto, Votto's probably up there. Votto is fifth, actually. Votto was fifth. Yeah. Goldschmidt. 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 Goldschmidt yes, is second. Right. Um, won't surprise me if Anthony Rizzo's up there. Rizzo is up there. Those, those are the five. You have I, Freddie Freeman, yeah. Goldschmidt, Rizzo, Bellinger, and Votto. I can tell you, it's not Dom Smith. On that list. Oh, no, it's definitely <laughs> not. No, Josh Smith's in left field, though. <laughs> yeah, there's only three outfielders on the Mets roster. It's uh, pretty incredible. Now, Nick, uh, we do have to go to break in a minute. Any final thoughts before we let you off the line here? Well, no. It, it, keep keep uh, going with the great show. Love you guys. All right. Thank Love you, you too, Nick. <laughs> that was... All right, take care. That was Nick from Huntington. We are going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we will have another caller on deck. You're listening to Review and Preview here on WCWPSports.org. Now back to Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview. John, that was kind of a sad tune coming back. And speaking of sad tunes, we will get to the Mets in just a moment. Welcome well, you back to Review. bashing the Mets this whole I know. first half hour. It's I kind of depressing. To... I'm Tom Scavetta here. Join alongside my co-host, James Montefusco. Chris Klimazuski, Jay Wass, John Wasserman, and Kyle Earhart joining us here tonight as our guest. And we do have a caller on the line, but before we get to our caller, Chris, quickly here, you don't think Bryce Harper deserves to start in right field? No, he absolutely is stinking up the place this year. I mean, yeah, he's got a lot of home runs, but his batting average is garbage supreme. I mean, <laughs> last year, he he won the MVP last year, right? He, uh, yeah. For or the National two, League. Yeah. I believe it was yeah. two years ago because Stanton won it last year. Yeah, no, that's what it was. Yep. Yeah, this man, Bryce Harper, stinking up the place. He's bar- he's yeah. just hitting over 200. He's batting 209. Yeah, he's got 19 home runs and 44, RB- or 44 RBIs, and he shaved. But he, this man does <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. Nat, the Nats have well, lost seven of their last Well, time. no, that's what he said. That's why That's why he said he shaved. He was just like, I'm in a slump. Maybe I got to change things up a bit. So he shaved his beard. He looks gross now. I liked him better with the beard. Not that I like Bryce Harper, but uh, but yeah. I do not think this man deserves this uh, this out this uh, All Star spot. He's he, he's getting the votes just because of the name. And that's what's sickening. So, I hate. I, I'm not a fan of fan vote, but you know this is what we have yeah, to deal with. Before we get to our caller, Chris, one name that should replace Harper. Anyone else in the NL, honestly, because right. he stinks. On that note, uh, we do have another caller. Caller, please state your name and where you are from. Hey, it's Tom from Medford. Oh, boy. It is our oh. co-host, former co-host, Tommy Mack. Tommy, uh, tonight's show is actually dedicated to Tommy the Mac, Mac the Mara. Tommy, uh, it was a pleasure doing over two years of review and preview with you, and 
Uh, very happy for you to call in tonight. Well, it was a pleasure doing the show with uh, you and Brian. And, um, you know, I'm sorry that circumstances have changed. But, you know, they are what they are. But I'll be a loyal listener, and <laughs> I'll call in when I can. Uh, you guys are doing a great job. Uh, but i got to get to uh, you guys talking about trading everyone away. Well, the, the last caller, Nick, talking about trading people, everyone away. No, no, no. If I'm the Mets right now, I signed DeGrom to a long-term deal. Because mm-hmm. I agree. When, yeah. when, when teams are um, on the verge of winning, what do they need? Pitching. Pitching. Right. The Mets have pitching. What the Mets need to do is change ownership, which won't happen. Yes. But the Wilpons need to open up their wallets and start spending money. Which they won't. Uh, <laughs> which they won't, unfortunately. But that's, I mean, I don't know. The, the Mets have the pitching to win. They don't have the bats. Hey, Tommy, right I got this fact for you here. Do you know that the Mets are 20-39 and 39 since their 11-1 and one start? They have oh, lost I know. two out of every three games that they've played since starting 11-1. and one. Um, it has been brutal to watch. Absolutely brutal. By the way, dude, you know where is where is Cespedes? By the way, I know. I mean, this guy. I mean, come on. I know. Get, this I is mean, bad. get your butt back on the field already. <laughs> yeah, and Jesus Christ, Tommy, put yourself in the yeah. shoes of Brandon Nimmo. You're playing your guts out, and you're sitting across an empty locker in Yoannis Cespedes. What does that do to your morale as a young player? Well, I think for uh, Nimmo, I, I, I think the way he hustles everywhere, on and off the field, down the first base. I don't think it affects him as much, but I, I understand your point. Um, yeah. Brandon Nimmo, I think, is a different breed. I think he's just all-out hustle all the time. Um, but I understand. like you know, Other players on the team might be like, ah, he got paid. So, you know, if he has a little nick, you know, yeah. uh, here and there, you know what, I signed my name on the dotted line, I'm just going to get paid. Right. You know, and if, if the team can survive without me and then I can come back and provide a spark, eh, maybe I'll do that, but I don't know. Kind of like what uh, like- David Wright is doing after signing that 14-year uh, deal back in 2007. So well, <laughs> he's making 20 million to sit on the yeah. bench. I think that well, with David Wright, he, he has a legitimate injury. Oh, what about that yeah, three-year right. deal for Jay Bruce too, Tommy? <laughs> that was, uh, you know Vegas, what? Eight I, million. I, 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 oh, that is disgusting. <laughs> that guy throws batting practice. I mean, that that guy's a complete joke. But um, Jay Bruce, I, I'm not going to lie to you, I was in favor of bringing him back. And he's Same. having a bad year. Yeah. But Vargas, oh, my God. he is. The only reason why he's being thrown back out there every uh, five days is because of the money they paid him. Tommy, you know, and Vargas. They should really cut ties with him already. Two and six. His ERA is pretty sure it's 8.60. Sounds about right. In nine starts. That's yeah. awful. And you know what, for him, that's good. <laughs> yeah, he's and been so bad. This guy was an all-star last year. He was tied for the uh, American League in in wins. Didn't he get 18 wins last year? Yeah, but the problem was the second yeah. half of the season was so bad. That's why he hit the market. Right. You know, that's why he didn't well, stick he, with the Royals. You guys know that wins are overrated. Yeah, it's yeah. about no, ERA and WHIP. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, the Mets probably went in all in on him. Well, not all in, but because of his wins. Well, yeah. You know, you need offense to get wins as a pitcher, which we're not getting. Now, did you watch but, the Diamondback series this past weekend, the four-game series? Uh, you know, because I, I was actually going to tell you about my experience going to the game Thursday night, if you don't mind. 
um, and the guys oh, here absolutely. in the studio. Go ahead. I did not see you on TV, though, Tom. I did um, <laughs> so, look see you that night, but I did not see you. And my uncle got first row seats. My cousin and I are sitting in the first row. By the way, the stadium's beautiful. you got to watch the game. Uh, they have, like, a little TGI Friday set up where you can watch batting practice over right center field, uh, which cool. is really nice. And... I'm sitting there watching the game. Conforto hits a homer. I think Nemo hit one, too, and then Rosario cracked one. Uh, the Mets lost last Thursday night 6-3, to three, I'm pretty sure. That was also a Vargas start, by the way. And Oh, well, lucky you. You get to go see that one. I know. Um, <laughs> but that wasn't the bad part of the game. The I had a great time at Chase Field, but as I'm leaving, there's a fight that breaks out right next to us as we're walking out <laughs> the stadium, and there's guys rolling on the floor. I'm like, all right. Welcome to the desert. <laughs> Chase yeah, right. for you. Um, but, yeah, and what oh, was so surprising was that they split the series. They I know. Split, I they, mean, they won on Saturday, and then the four-run ninth inning on Sunday with the two homers? Yeah. You know what? As Mets fans, we talk about doom and gloom. Like they're the worst team in the league right now. They're, I mean, how many games under 500 are they right now? They're 31-4. Yeah. That's. I mean, worst... I mean, playoff teams have come back from bigger deficits than that. Don't forget the Dodgers. But I just don't see it. Right. But I I don't see it happening. Right. But it's not like they're the worst team in the league right now. We if we get Cespedes back, right, he can hopefully provide a spark. Um, you know, if I mean Cabrera has slid since his beginning of the season. Yeah, he's you know, all time right now. Yeah, but I, I don't think the Mets should fire sale, have a fire sale as well. No, because they kind of did last players. year, and look where that got them. Uh, 70 and 92, I think. 72 and 90. You know, it's just, right. it, it was very ugly the second half of the season. And, um, you know, they had a three game winning streak from Sunday to Tuesday. You know? And mm-hmm. That's what was crazy. Three game winning streak. Uh, three, I know. Uh, Saturday, I know. Saturday to Monday, excuse not, me. Not quite the Astros winning streak, but, you no. know, we'll take three. <laughs> now, the Mets, guys, in the studio here, the Mets won 12-2 mm-hmm. on Monday, and Tommy. DeGrom, did, now we're transitioning to Coors Field for Colorado. Coors Field, the hitter's ballpark, where you're going to give up 8-10 to 10 runs a game. DeGrom goes out there, chip on his shoulder, team on his back, goes eight innings pitched at Coors Field, two runs, five hits. Wow. Shows you he's the ace of this Guys, that was DeGrom's first win in a calendar month. His last win was back on May 18th against the D-backs. His ERA now stands at 1.51. I repeat, two runs, five hits, and eight innings at Coors Field. He's been the best pitcher in the league um, so far. So now if we're talking trades and stuff, if the Mets get absolutely blown away, I mean, they have to get their doors blown off. Like if the Yankees say, we'll give you Gleyber Torres. You know what I mean? Like somebody, something like that. Then you consider it. Mm -hmm. But anything short of, you know, a a mega deal, you sign that guy to a long-term contract and just make him your, you know, future. Um, Because if you you guys, you know, know about the Grom's past, he he might be a little older than Syndergaard, but... Yep. He doesn't have a whole lot of innings in his arm because right. he played shortstop most of his career, and then they converted him to a pitcher. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's got a lot of wear and tear on him. So. No, DeGrom did start a little older, but he, experience-wise, he's only been at the major league level since 2014. Right. So, I mean, and his 30th birthday was this week. So Yeah, and, and he's still in the control by the Mets for yeah. um, this, I think, 
this year and two more. Todd Frazier. This year one. Todd Frazier goes up to him and apologizes that the Mets couldn't start hitting for him. His last 10 starts before Monday, guys, the Mets were 2-8 and eight in that 10-game stretch of the Grom starts. The Grom had an ERA of 0.87, and the Mets cannot get him a win. And you listen to uh, DeGrom's post-game conferences, um, he's shouldering the blame or not blaming anybody. Right. You know, And that's the kind of guy you want to lead your team. And not to mention, this is at Coors Field on Monday in the Grom start. Charlie Blackman and Nolan Arenado, ooh, scary guys, scary guys that are right. on the All-Star ballots, both went 0 for 4. Two right. All-Stars go 0 for 4 at their home stadium, a hitter's ballpark in Coors Field against Jacob DeGrom. He's the man. Don't He's, trade him. Don't trade him unless you're blown away. Now, guys, Brandon Nimmo was not on the all-star ballot because as a team you get to put three outfielders down. And at the time they put Cespedes, Conforto, and Bruce. Can you take out any? You'll, you can write. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good point there, James. But a lot of people have been writing Nimmo in. A lot of people it. have been writing him in. And Nimmo, you know, like I brought out, uh, he now qualifies to lead the league in slugging percentage. He leads the National League in slugging percentage of 585. Isn't it tonight's game he qualifies, or is it tomorrow? I think it's three. I think it's tonight. I'm okay. not too sure. Um, All right, so Nick, the previous caller? Yeah. Well, you can't trade Nemo. He's saying back up the truck, trade everybody. You can't trade him. Right. He's a core piece. You can't trade him either. And his inside-the-park home run on Monday to lead off the series? And inside the park home run, the first time that was done to lead off a game since 2009. <laughs> and you know who did that? Angel Pagan. Oh, who's he with the Mets then? Oh, nine? Yeah, that was before we traded, uh, traded to him. San Francisco. Yeah. Oh, good times, okay. It's when the Giants started winning every other year. <laughs> you guys remember that? That even year. <laughs> guys. I wish the Mets would win every other year. Well, yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> and not to mention that inside the park home run that was, was, was not his only home run Monday night. He had one what? He, he had, had two homers. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm talking about Monday night. He had two homers, four well, yeah. RBIs, and went four for six. This kid's incredible. And he's humble. He does everything right. His, his yep. last 25 games, he's hitting 323, 10 homers, 17 ribbies. The guy's a stud. Uh, you know. He is. He's playing very, very well. Uh, I'm talking about the uh, about Nemo and Clyber Torres and Andrew Hart and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They're having great starts, but they haven't been around the league yet. No. You know what I mean? So pitchers may not have figured them out. So I'm looking forward to the second half as far as uh, pitching catching up to some of these rookies mm-hmm. and just to see if they adjust. Because if they adjust and they prove themselves, and well, the Yankees can be scary. And Nimmo can be scary if, mm-hmm. you know, once there's a book on them. Because right now there's not much of a book on any of these players. No, so, there, there isn't. Uh, Speaking so we'll of the Mets, they are now trailing 5-3 to three in the top of the eighth. Flores just hit a sack fly to score Todd Frazier. So the Mets are now down by two runs uh, to continue the misery here on the show. <laughs> Looking at some of these role-player guys... Chris James, everybody here, in the last seven games, Rosario is hitting 364, Mesoraco is hitting 357, and Conforto is hitting 320. Now, my thing is this are the Bats just waking up because they're in a hitter's ballpark? Yes. Or could this yeah. be the Mets starting to finally sense 
some kind of life. No. Yeah, I'm going to uh, agree with you on your first statement that it was just because it's a hitter's ballpark and that because this team, we were, in a, we were in a hitter's ballpark in uh, Arizona. We didn't do too bad either there. So maybe, I don't know. Maybe it is the hitter's ballpark. Maybe it is that maybe they're catching all the fire. Maybe this was just the series that they needed to let the fire under their butts to be like, hey, right. we're the Mets. Yeah. Okay, let's not stink that much. <laughs> <laughs> now, Tommy, the Mets lost 10 to 8 Tuesday night and last uh-huh. night. Our good old friend Jason Vargas implodes on Tuesday. Implodes. Gave up three straight home runs to Arenado, Story, Ian Desmond. Ugh. Six runs off of Vargas and Robles combined in the third inning. Do you want to hear Vargas' final stat line? Two and a third innings pitched. Seven runs, nine hits, and the three back-to-back-to-back home runs. Look, don't don't get me wrong. Colorado's lineup one through six is a complete nightmare if you're a pitcher. Uh, with Carlos Gonzalez hitting sixth, yeah, but Story cleaning up. But James, that's uh, you know, that's unacceptable. It, it really is. I mean, you look at a, you're paying him X amount of dollars to go out and do his job every day. Every, well, every start, and he gives up that. I forget what I was doing, and then I saw it, and I was about to check my phone across the room. And how annoyed I was. Um, and then he he doesn't make any sense to me. He could be really good one day and yeah. then just unfortunately trash for two innings and yeah. then has to use our unfortunately trash bullpen again. Oh, all right. Let's, you know, we'll, we'll get to the bullpen in a little bit. But, Tommy, Vargas on Tuesday was awful. And then Robles comes in. And then they send them down to the minor leagues. And the excuse was, from Callaway, we wanted a fresh arm. That's yeah, okay. the second time you sent sure. Robles down this year. The second time. Robles, Robles is the human gas can. <laughs> I mean, the human gas I mean, can. he is uh, he's awful. He is brutal. Oh, man. And, oh, God. And uh, Vargas, my two brothers and I were huge. Uh, all three of us are huge Mets fans. And sure. um, I texted them and... You know, with Vargas, and like just release him already, just bite the bullet and right. just just release him. Well, what they did to Adrian Gonzalez? Well, Adrian Gonzalez, he, he was getting paid by the Braves, so the Mets yeah. just had to pay him the league minimum. Right. So that wasn't really a giant. Um, but Va- Vargas, they would take it. Contract, but, you, but you know what? It, instead of uh, releasing Gonzalez, release Reyes. Reyes is useless. But they want a good bar ceremony for him. I feel like Reyes is oh, I know. for What a joke reason. that is. Look, and Guillaume is producing more than Reyes. I guarantee you when Cespedes comes back, it'll be Guillaume to go down and not Reyes. Reyes oh, shouldn't go down. Yeah. He should walk out the front door. Yeah. Yeah, he should. Yeah. No, he should sneak out the back door. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, let's not even talk about Wednesday, by the way. Oh, Seth Lugo. Okay. Seth Lugo, who's supposed to be the good of the bad. He's not good last night. Chris. Seth Lugo was awful. Let's look at his stat line for a minute. Three innings pitched. He gave up six runs, but only three of them were earned. Three of them were earned. Um, three of them were unearned off a Todd Frazier fielding error. Awful. Pitiful. Look, okay, I'm not going to knock Lugo because he's, uh, he's been solid the whole year, so I'm not knocking Lugo for the way he's been playing. But I think as the Mets – and Mets fans in general are expecting him to do more than what he actually can. 
Yeah, we saw him in 2016. He pitched great and got helped us get to the playoffs. And this year he's been p- pitching almost lights out anytime he's been coming out the bullpen. But now you're throwing him into the starter role. And it's a different game when you've been training all year to be a reliever and you're coming in and now you're now you're expecting to be the third best pitcher in this rotation. So yeah. I'm not knocking Lugo for anything he does. I think he will find his his niche at some point. Maybe he just needed a couple of games to warm up. Yeah. Maybe it was <laughs> maybe it's just because he went to Arizona and Colorado, two of the best hitters ballparks in Major League Baseball. Sure. Yeah. So I'll give him. I'm I'm not knocking Lugo for what he's doing. Yeah, it stinks that he's let up. Like he looked, he looked garbage. But I, I I'm still on the Lugo train. I still think he's solid. So I'm a Lugo fan too. I'm a Lugo fan too. He he's been jerked around a little bit between you know uh, the bullpen and rotation. And yeah. He's doing the best he can. It's not all his fault. So I agree with that. Tough uh, cookies there, Tommy. Any uh, any final thoughts that you have before we let you go here? Uh, can I just make a quick transition? Sure. All right. Thank you, New York Giants, for Sam Darnold. Uh, all right. <laughs> Thank you, fellas. Thank you very much. And all right, I hope the Giants. Well, no, I don't hope the Giants win this year because that's what they're going for. Yeah. But I think, uh, Tom, we've had this discussion. We have. And. I really think maybe uh, not this year, next year, two year, uh, three years, but in like six, seven years, you're going to be like, damn it. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think the Giants <laughs> found their quarterback of the future in either Davis Webb or Kyle Walletta. Uh, look, how do you pass up Barkley? You know, you need a running back. You need immediate help. Sam Darnold is not giving you immediate help. Yeah, He's giving you help three to four years down the line. Eli Manning has two to three years left in him. That's See, here's what I think the Giants did wrong either. I don't think they should have drafted Barkley or Darnold. They should have went after a lineman. Yeah, they got Willie Hernandez in the second round. But this, the left side of their line is good. You got Nate Soldier, you got Willie Hernandez. That's fine. The right side line is still garbage. You still got garbage supreme over there. Eric Flowers is still a starter in this for the Giants. He has to go. He needs to go play in Canada with Johnny Manziel. Eric Flowers is... The best tackle was the Notre Dame guy, McClinchy. He yeah. was worthy of number two pick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I but don't I, think... Well, the best O-lineman was Quentin Nelson, I think. Yeah, but I agree with you guys there. It was too early to take a lineman. And they must have I, not liked the trading options either. I, yeah, that yeah. too. That's what I think. It that's was. probably why they took Barkley. I mean, Barkley wanted to be a giant. They needed a superstar on that offense with the amount of points they put up last year. And look, they still went. You guys aren't talking about Patrick Omena, the guy that is going to, um, who's being replaced by Andrew Norwell in Jacksonville. Once Gettleman lost down on Norwell, signs Patrick Omena. An excellent player. He went to the University of Michigan and a very high IQ guy who's going to be starting at right guard to help Eric Flowers. Solder's going to help Hernandez. Omen is going to help Flowers. The offensive line going to be great. Probably not. Will it be much improved, though? Yes, yes it will. Yeah, it's, a, it's and improved deeply. Barkley can find his own holes. He's not a product like Paul Perkins or Wayne Gallman that needs protection up front. Yeah, yeah but you know? see, that's the thing, though. I think they could have waited on, like, a Nick Chubb or a uh, Judice or a. Uh, Who's the other good running back that went in like the second round? I don't know, but anyway, I think they could have waited on one of them, and you could have grabbed 
uh, Quentin Nelson at the second pick or Mike McGlinchey or who, just alignment. Right. I think that they need that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I get Nate, they got Nate Solder, but I mean, he's diminishing because you can see the Patriots let him go. And he was and he was Tom Brady's left tackle for years. Well, the Patriots are not signing like him back, by the way. Yeah, they got. No. Yeah. My argument wasn't the talent because Saquon Barkley might have the best talent. He's the best player. You in the know, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, but the shelf life of running backs compared to the shelf life of um, quarterbacks—that's my—that's my, that's my yeah. argument. I'm not not the. I, I don't um, think that's a valid argument, though. I don't think it's a valid argument I, because Barkley is giving you immediate help. You need immediate help. The Giants want to win now. They're trying to rebuild fast. They still got the MVP quarterback of the Senior Bowl in the what was it? The third round or the fourth round? They had two picks in the third round, and they snagged Kyle Lalletta. Excuse me, Lalletta went in the fourth round. Let me get my notes. Let me get my notes. Yes. Let's write this down. Yes. Yeah, I was going to ask if you were going to write Here we go. Here we go. I just, I'm not, a f- I wasn't a fan of the Giants. I mean, yeah, I get Bar- I love Barkley. I love that. I, yeah, I thought he was my favorite running back coming out of college. I think he's going to be the next Adrian Peterson. But. The Giants could have. I just really think the Giants could have went, and they had two second round picks, right, Tom? No, they had two third rounders. Yeah, so I in mean, the second I round they got Hernandez, a guy who should have went in the first round, third yeah. best offensive lineman in the draft. Those are, those those early second round guys are still first round talent guys, but I just really think they should have went because say you grab Mike McGlinchey for your left for your tackle, and then you grab William Hernandez in the second round. Your line is golden because you have Brett Jones, who's a center, who's not terrible. He's not terrible. He's he's good. He might not even start. Yeah. Well, that's okay. That's not even. That's not good. Yeah. But you have him, and he's not. And if he plays, he's he's good. He's good. Right. So if you have you have Nel, you have uh, Solder, Hernandez, Brett Jones, Scrub, Mike McGlinchey. That's an O line you you can build off of, and you can see that's what the Cowboys did, and that's why Zeke Elliott and guys like. Darren McFadden resurrected his career for a hot second when he was on the Cowboys because that O-line was so good. So I think if you get the O-line, you can put Paul Perkins, Goldman, you can draft anyone in the third round, whether it was um, Judice or... Uh, Alvin Kamara. Kamara, yeah. You can, if you have the O-line, you can make guys really good. And you saw you can see that with Zeke Elliott because he's a phenomenal player when he plays. The Patriots, I mean the Patriots. Well, Zeke Elliott was number four. Was number four overall. Here's, yeah. here's my thing. Yeah. On paper, the Giants had the best draft in the National Football League. <laughs> and that's not any bias. That was an actual report. You guys saw the grades. Yeah. You guys saw the grades, right? Yeah. You really can't grade a draft until a couple years out. Right, but pre-analysis grading. Look, Barkley was a freakish talent. That's why they went after him. If it was a you know a hit or miss running back, you know you know Barkley's going to produce right right away. And he he went to Penn State. Look, if Barkley wasn't there, I would have preferred an offensive lineman. But Barkley was there. And what did Gettleman do? He signed two above average offensive linemen in free agency, and he still went out and got one uh, middle first round talent in the second round of the draft. Um, yeah, he sort of what was that free agency to. Uh, to wrap up this call, though, it'll, it'll be uh, interesting to see what happens in the season. But um, oh, Bobby, any last? Uh, no, thank you for everything, Tom. Appreciate it. Um, tell Dan I said thank you. Yeah. Um, everything's great. Uh, Chris and James, good luck. Um, you guys are all 
uh, on the right path. You know, stay in this field because you guys all have futures. Um, just be well, and I'll be listening, and I'll be calling. Thank you, Tom. Yep, Tom, thanks Thanks again for everything and being a great co-host. Um, and remember, you call in whatever you want, all right? All right, sounds good. Have a good night, fellas. All right, thank you. you. That was the former co-host of Review and Preview, Tommy the Mac McNamara. Now, back to reality here, guys. Uh, we have three minutes left on the segment before we go to break. Back to the Mets. <laughs> uh, yes, we talked about Lugo Wednesday having a bad start, but it's Coors Field, and three of the runs came on her, and Todd Frazier should have made that play. Um, Chad Bettis for the Rockies did not look so good either. He gave up eight runs, nine hits, five walks. What was it, three innings? I think. Four and two-thirds. With 92 pitches. Yeah, he's he's something else. And the pitching was just awful for the Rockies and the Mets. Giselman gave up three runs yesterday. The three-run bomb to uh, Ryan McMahon, yeah. which was the which decided the game in the fifth inning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, why did Giselman pitch the fifth inning? I, I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, I, no, I, I, see, I don't. nobody knows that's the issue. I mean, why? You, I saw, I forget, somewhere. Uh, someone was either live streaming the game, and I saw a little clip of it after, I think this morning when I was going through my feeds and stuff. Rosario was texting on the bench. So if that answers your why question, it may. Why did why was Gazalman uh, pitching? Why does Rosario have his phone on the bench? Right now this team's a, in a total tailspin. It's yeah. a joke. This team stinks. And do they have no control over anything, it looks like. I, I just, it's... I'm just in awe about what the, and so, uh, Chris is at a loss for words. I, I am <laughs> at a loss for it. This is review and preview. You know because I <laughs> said at the beginning of the year, I said I was like, if this is 2013, Mets have the best, best, best team on on paper, hands down. And I understood some of these signings. I understood the Frazier signing. I understood signing back Bruce. And I was like, okay, I get it. But then we signed back for uh, we uh, signed Swarzak. I was like, Swarzak. Isn't Brian Shaw or Joe Smith supposed to be uh, Mickey Calloway's guys? Like, aren't right, they supposed yeah. to be here? No, he doesn't get. Then we signed Bum Vargas. Stinks up the place. Yeah. Then we, we trade for v- Ramos last year. He stinks. Blevins stinks. Ramos out for the year. Yeah. Ram- yeah, out for the year this year. Ramos. I mean, Blevins stinks. Jose Reyes stinks. I don't think Blevins is awful. I, I have a theory on Jerry Blevins got, that, that, pitcher, I, that I'd like to got, share quick. But you five, pitch him every yeah. five days. That's you the said problem. that too. You the pitch last him every time. five days. Yeah. He's I, not going to be fresh. He's not going to get the lefties out. You saw what they did. They pitched him three games in a row. They brought him in. He struck the lefty out looking. He needs yeah. to be used more often. That's my thing. The Mets are good at making pitchers that are decent awful. You, 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 I'm going to say something too. We complain that the Wilpons don't give give the um, Sandy Olsen and these guys money to spend. We had money to spend this year. We just spent it terribly. Yeah. Like we could have signed. Yeah, I get. We got all these like little pieces like Bruce, Vargas, Reyes, Swarzak. But they all stink though. They they're all like, "Oh, if he can do this." They're they're all what ifs at the beginning of the season, these players. And the the what ifs turned out to be stink. That's what they <laughs> yeah. are. That's you, you, you could you could have you could have went out you could have signed Kane you didn't sign Kane because of Nimmo. Granted, Brandon Nimmo's having a great year, so I'm not knocking that. So, but you could have signed went out and signed Eric Hosmer, Mike Mustakis, all these guys. But and the Mets did nothing, and it's mind blowing. I'm like, you know what? 
maybe I'm eating my own words when they went 12 and 2 at the beginning of the season. But no, I was correct. I feel like a genius because this team absolutely stinks, and I'm not won't be surprised if they don't get above 500 the rest of the year. Very uh, Ronda Rowdy here in the studio, <laughs> as described on Chris Flip's <sighs> shirt. We're going to finish up the Mets. We got to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we'll finish up the Mets and have our team of the week. You're listening to Review and Preview here on WCWPSports.org. Me and my friends get no respect. What does Scooby do? Good evening, folks, and welcome back to Review and Preview. I'm Tom Scavetta, your host. Join alongside James Montefusco, Chris Klimazuski, Jay Wash, John Wasserman, Kyle Earhart, who is here for the hour, just left us, just got off the phone with Tommy Mack. Let's finish up the Mets, and then we'll get to our team of the week. So we're talking about it. we were talking about how the Mets are on the verge of losing three out of four to the Rockies. Um, the Mets starters rank seventh in all of Major League Baseball in terms of ERA, a 3.28 rotational ERA, and in the last month, they're second with a 3.22 ERA. I don't know if this goes to show how good the starters are and how bad the bullpen is or just how disappointing the team is in general. Because, you know, it's a shame because, like, these positional players, they look good. Like you say, all right, Flores comes back. He looks good at first base, but he's hitting cleanup. Then yeah. Familia comes back. Now he's pitching in the eighth inning again. There's not enough power in the lineup to support the starting pitching, and no. the back end of the bullpen is just r- ridiculous. Familia's not a closer. No. He's not. He never has been, and he never will be. Like, my opinion on... Jerry Familia. I mean, look, he's great. He's great when it's not like a sa- like a crazy save situation, where, like the Mets are down one. Yeah. Because once someone gets on base, it's over. You know, you can almost call it that. Sure. You can you can might as well call the hospital now and say you're having a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. So, but my like I think he had I think Jerry Familia has enormous talent, but he's not a closer, like you said. And I no. think right. yeah. I think. The, he sh- he sh- needs to be traded because if you're not going to trade Degrom or Syndergaard, he's the next best guy next to Nimmo or Conforto. You could trade that will get that you'll get value out of because 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 team because teams can use a Familia on their team like like a playoff team could use I agree a Familia with you there. Yeah. So I was going to say Familia and Cabrera need to get traded. Before, oh yeah, Cabrera before, too. Before, oh yeah. Before anybody. Yeah. Look, I I I hate to say this. I love Todd Frazier, but, you know, maybe throw him in there as well. My he thing is he's, he's a very solid locker room guy, but he is not producing. He hit a home run today in the first inning. But, look, I can live with a 225, 230 average when you have other guys producing, but when you're hitting 225, 230, and you're hitting second in the lineup or sometimes even cleanup, what, that's you, not good. You want to smash your head against the wall. Right. Yeah, I like I said before before we went to break. I don't knock the Todd Frazier signing. You know, you know what you're going to get out of Todd. I you know what you're going to get out of Todd Frazier. You know he's going to hit two ten minimum and like two fifty maximum. So you know that he's going to hit twenty home runs and he's a locker room guy. I got that. One hundred percent got the signing. And I keep him on the team. I get that. But Tom, like you said, if if Cabrera can keep uh, producing good, he's a tradable piece. Right. If well, not if. I think Familia needs to go. And I th- personally, I think Conforto needs to go. Either that or you got to s- send him down, switch up the lineup. Well, Another thing about Conforto, too. The man was an all-star last year when he was leading off. 
and yet this year he's not. He, I don't think he's let off once mm-hmm. at all. So why not put him back in the one spot? Yeah, I get Brandon Nimmo's our best player right now, and he deserves to be leading off every every single at bat, every single game. But this is where Conforto became an all-star when he was leading off. So why not put him back at the leadoff spot, put Nimmo at two, and then you work at it? This just in, the Mets just lost 6-4. to four. Oh, shocking. Oh, yeah. so How shocking is 10 that? 10 games under 500. John is having, this is like uh, a holiday for John right now, watching us bash the Mets. Uh, Can well, I? I'm not, I don't watch sports, but I'm sorry for every Mets fan out there. It sounds like it's very depressing to be right now. My it's, hairline is I'm the reason. The, my hairline's upset. receding because of the Mets. Conforto is hitting well, and his average is up to 230. Could this, I don't know, maybe it's just a hangover from his injury. Coming back, you know, not starting the season, and maybe a little hangover from the end of last season where he got cold a little bit, but... But that's a long hangover, though. Yeah, here's the problem. He's the guy you got to rely on right now. You know, you look at the outfield. It's Nemo, Conforto, and Batista. That's all you got. <laughs> oh, jeez, Batista. Dom I forgot Smith. we had him. You forgot Dom Smith. Dom Smith. Dom God. Smith. All right. Uh, Can I add something? Sure. Uh, I forget who we're talking maybe, maybe it was Kyle the <laughs> other night. And he, uh, I think we were hanging out, and then he went home. We all we all split up, all the group of our friends, and he turned on the game because he saw them coming back, right? right? And we were texting back and forth. He's like, oh, you know, I came to watch the Met game thinking they would win. They lost. We, me and him decided their new mission statement should be bring your fans in to watch them lose at the very late innings. <laughs> you know, like they're coming back. That's what you're there to see, right? And then, yep. Look, all right. I, I get it. They stink. Uh, Bruce is on the DL. Thank goodness. I think he needed that sabbatical. Today, to wrap up the Mets, they closed out their series against the Rockies. It was Steven Matz against Kyle Freeland. Who, by the way, Kyle Freeland is now five and two in his last eight starts, as the mm-hmm. Rockies beat the Mets today six to four. Uh, look, Frazier hit a home run early. The Mets looked good, but then Arenado. Got hot early. Our, Nolan Arenado had five RBIs today. Yeah, he had five of the six runs driven in by the Rockies. Uh, DJ Lemahieu looked great. Lemahieu, excuse me, he looked phenomenal, lighting up my fantasy team as well. But <laughs> talking about earlier, the Rockies lined up one to six. Lemahieu, Blackman, Arenado, Trevor Story. Pretty sure he still leads the National League in RBIs. Ian Desmond. And then today it was Ionetta. Gonzalez was off, but tr- traditionally Carlos Gonzalez is your number six guy in the lineup. Yeah, outstanding. Um, but the Mets lose. Match drops at three and five. Uh, we're done with the Mets. What do you know? Who comes into town tomorrow? The Dodgers. But Justin with who? Turner. No. Big Red. Somebody else. Clayton Kershaw. No, somebody else. Cody Bellinger. Somebody that we don't like. You really start. Yasiel to, uh, Puig. No. I know. Chase Utley. Yes. Oh, I hate Chase Utley. Ooh. I hope. Ooh. And I'm going to I'm the not going to say Sunday. these words on the I, I air, will be but at the game ooh. Sunday, unfortunately. Um, again, <laughs> late Father's Day gift, but I will be at the game Sunday. And the Dodgers come into town yep. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The Mets are back home. Let's see if they can string a, a, maybe a win or two together here. Mm-hmm. Doubt it. I'll take one. All right. <laughs> Team of the week. I'm going uh, really off topic here. But um, Croatia from the World Cup. Ooh, oh, all right. fancy. Croatia is 2-0, and and Croatia has secured their berth in the knockout stage, round of 16. They beat Argentina today. And I think, I don't remember, 
the uh, fourth team, but I know Argentina tied with Iceland. Yes, they did. 1-1. Even if you don't watch soccer, you know Argentina, the history with, you know, Lionel Messi and Croatia beat Argentina. They didn't just beat them. They whooped them 3-0. And there were no goals scored until the second half. So Argentina is on the brinks of elimination. They're my team of the week. Croatia is young. They're talented. And they're experienced, too, despite being young. Look out. All right. I'm going to go with the Brooklyn Nets as my team of the week. I know why. And it's because this is why. They made the trade for Tim Howard. Uh, Tim Howard. Wow. Oh, we talk about you soccer. Know, maybe I shouldn't bring up soccer again as my team of the week. <laughs> <laughs> no, they traded for Dwight Howard, which I think it's a great move for the Nets. They have a young team. And granted, yeah, apparently Dwight Howard's never been really a locker room guy, but you know, maybe he'll find his uh, his niche here in in Brooklyn. But the big thing is because they tra- because the Nets traded Timoth- uh, Timothy Mozgov. That freed up cap space for them to sign two max free agents next year. It was a smart move by the Brooklyn Nets, and that can g- that can give them the chance to go out and sign uh, a Kyrie Irving next year, who becomes a free agent next year, or I um, I don't know any of the other free agents off the top of my head for the next year. But I thought it was a smart move, and they have they have a great they have a, they could have a great team with D'Angelo Russell. Uh, you have uh, Dewitty. Uh, uh, Hollis Jefferson, Levert, Levert Crab, Crab, um, o- Russell. O- Russell, Russell, Okafor, and now Dwight Howard. So, I'm taking the Brooklyn Nets. Now, John, a guy who doesn't watch sports much, you are a fan of the Brooklyn Nets. Oh yeah, I just want to say shout out Brooklyn Nets. Good stuff, Clem. <laughs> yeah, you know, best borough in the city. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, you know, uh, Jay Watt supporting his Brooklyn Nets. Now, my thing is this with Dwight Howard. Before we get to James's team of the week. Howard's value, he's 32 now. He's been in the league for a long time, though. His, I don't know, maybe his value is going down, but it's a great pickup for Brooklyn. It's a huge upgrade over Jed Allen they had uh, yeah. at center. And keep in mind, remember the Brooklyn Nets, a team that traded away all their draft picks in the death trade with the Boston Celtics four yes. to five years ago? The Nets have three picks tonight, yeah. and one of them is a second-round pick from Charlotte, and they get another second-round pick in 2021. We'll get to Dwight Howard and the Nets a little bit later, but Brooklyn having three draft picks, this is the first time in, like, an eternity that Brooklyn has had three draft picks. So excellent dark dark horse choice for your team of the week. There we go. James? Uh, I'm a little tossed in the air. I was trying to do somebody in baseball, but I feel like that's almost every week now. I'm going to say Russia from Group A in the World Cup. Uh, Soccer again. Yeah, I'm going with you, Tom. Um, just because they beat Egypt, and they're already 2-1. Obviously, it's their home field. Yeah, they're hosting. They're hosting, so that's uh, that's pretty cool for them. I feel like they'll get out of Group A. Yeah, I and, agree. Uh, and move on from there. I don't see them going to the finals, but I see them moving on mm-hmm. and probably having a big impact. I wanted to say Iceland. I was rooting for them. Um, yeah. Just because since it's a small country, different, I mean, U.S. isn't in it because I'm not saying reasons why. But I could probably go with Iceland too since they're in second in Group D. But I'm going to go with Russia. Good pick there, James. Now, let's transition into Block C of Review and Preview. The New York Yankees, the good team of New York, they are now first in the American League East. 
with a 50-22 and 22 record. They beat the Mariners today 4-3. to three. Shout out Zach Mazzella for uh, commenting on our Facebook Live chat there. Uh, good friend of me and Chris's. Now, Giancarlo Stanton last night. Let's rewind to last night. The epic walk-off two-run bomb to win the Yankees the game over the Mariners, an impressive Seattle Mariners team this mm-hmm. season. I believe last week they were 20 games over five hundred. If I'm not mistaken, the Yankees, the Mariners, Mariners, yeah, first time in a while since yeah, like I believe 02, so. 03, something mm-hmm. like that. I think it was O two, if I'm not mistaken. But the Mariners, they lost seven to five. The walk off home run, epic walk off home run from Giancarlo Stanton off of Ryan Cook in a game where the Yankees starter Jonathan Lasaja made just his second start of the season. A kid who's just 23 years old, and he didn't look great. The Yanks trailed in this game five to two. And they came back late. They scored five runs in the last three innings. Gary Sanchez also had a big game. I think he had a home run last night, went two for three. Uh, Sanchez still hitting well under 200. But Mm -hmm. you see, Sanchez is hitting under 200, and the Yanks are still winning games. Why? They have big name after big name after big name. They're a historic franchise. They're so good. Uh, And they swept a very impressive, above 500, potential playoff Seattle Mariner team today, four to three. Yes. I mean, yeah, this Yankees team is nothing to shy over. And people were talking about Giancarlo Stanton, uh, him not earning his stripes at the beginning of the year, being booed within, what, two at-bats yeah, being a so, Yankee. Yeah. <laughs> and this is what I don't like about Yankee fans because they, the minute something doesn't happen their way, they're like, oh, jeez, the world's ending. Oh, no. And they were like, I said at the beginning of the year, too, I'm like, Yankee fans have to calm down. This is, like, the best lineup. The John Yankee- thinks so, too. <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> from what I've seen from the show so far, yes, that is very true. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, the one thing with Yankee, they have to calm down and just give it a chance, give it a chance to breathe and marinate. This Yankees team is very good, and I think last night... Stanton definitely. I think he finally earned his stripes with the Yankees. He earned his pinstripes hitting the hitting that walk off home run for them, and it was just it was just great for them. Well, it wasn't walk off. What was yeah. it the other night? Yeah. yeah, that was the night. Yeah. Whenever the other whenever he hit the walk off home run, I think that, that was the last night. No, it was not. I'm looking. Wait, is okay. that last night? Well, that was today actually. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm right. Yeah, last, last night. night. Yeah. yeah, last yeah. night. I was right. <laughs> He fi- he hit the walk off home run and he finally I think he finally earned the Yankee the Yankees pinstripes and you were saying Gary Sanchez he was coming into this season as almost an MVP candidate because the way he hit last year and you, he's hitting two twenty right now and I'm right. not slowing the Yankees down not one even. bit yeah because you have Torres and Duhar all these other guys playing fantastic baseball so Frazier mm-hmm. is up now exactly yeah. starting in center exactly you so, can afford to have Brett Gardner sit a few days. Exactly. So I think this Yankees team, it might be the number one team on MLB.com, but I think they're the number two team behind the Astros. But, I mean, it's right there. It's a it's a blade mm-hmm. of grass in between them. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, James. Yeah. The Yankees are on pace to set a major league record for home runs hit in a season. They have 118 home runs through 70 games. The record is 264 home runs set by their opponent last night, the Seattle Mariners, back in 1997. So that's just an incredible stat right there. And oh, with the power that they have, they're on pace to beat that by 9 or 10 home runs. So Oh, I think they could easily. You think they get there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think they get there too. If everybody's staying as hot as they are. Right. You know, I mean, 
the home runs are going to come, though, regardless of who's hot, who's yeah. cold. A lot of the Yankees players, remember, they're home runners, strikeout. Mm-hmm. In the American League, you could afford to do that. Not if you're on the Mets. No. You know? Um, I think, though, even surpass, I want to say a number, 280, I think they'll beat. Oh, wow. That's some bold words there by uh, James Montefusco. Guys, remember the Nationals game that was suspended after the, uh, I think it was, they didn't get through five. It was the top of the fifth inning. They suspended a game back in May. Yes. They made that up. Now, fun fact here for you guys, Nationals newcomer Juan Soto hit a home run um, in that game. That was suspended back on May 15th. Mm-hmm. Now, Soto came up five days after that game was suspended back on May 15th. That home run for Soto counts as a home run hit on May 15th, but that is not Juan Soto's first career home run, which is I thought was pretty interesting. It is interesting, and you're talk, you mentioned that, too. I understand where people can be mad at this situation because he wasn't, he, didn't, he wasn't called up during that game. He wasn't on the he wasn't on the roster when that game got suspended, but he hit the ended up hitting the walk off home run in that game, and I can understand I can understand where people are uh, Yankee fans and and baseball fans in general are upset with that, but it's something that I don't think can be addressed and can be fixed because you're in between a rock and a hard place there. Yeah, it stinks that he wasn't on the roster when this game got suspended, but. It it just it just happened. It just happens, and you you got you got to live with it too because. I know in in reverse terms that Gleyber Torres wasn't on the team either when the, when that game got suspended, mm-hmm. and now he was on the team probably, I don't know what his stats were that game, but he probably did good because he's Gleyber Torres. And it's you're in between a rock and a hard place here, and it's just something that that just you got you got to live with. Yeah. Um, Gleyber Torres has been phenomenal. He actually declined. Um, well, if he gets offered to be in the home run derby, he will decline that offer. Really? Uh, yeah. There's actually a case being made for Ichiro to play in the home run derby. And Ichiro's a guy who has barely over 100 home runs his entire career. which But he's been blasting some as of late um, in the league that he's playing in now. But uh, look, back to the Yankees. Torres and Sanchez and Didi, three players all with 14 home runs. Coming into today... Giancarlo and Judge were tied with 18 home runs. Judge hit a home run today, got the Yankees out 2 nothing early. You have five guys, no pun intended, that <laughs> have at least 14 home runs on your roster. There's no other team in the major leagues that has three with at least 14 home runs. That's incredible. It really is a mind-boggling st- statistic. And we talk about the record for home runs. It's just... Incredible. And you're not even talking about Miguel and, and Duhar. Mm. And Duhar, who has about 9 or 10. And Duhar hit another home run today. Mm. I think he's in double digits now, too. Remember, he's second amongst third basemen in the all-star voting. Now, the weak spot of this team. If there is one soft spot on the Yankees, it has been their starting pitching. The back end of their starting pitching. Tanaka's on the DL, going into the Subway Series. He only got out of the sixth inning twice all season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say... Domingo German has done a complete 180 to his game. Domingo German is beginning to show signs of life. He's pitched at least six innings in his last three starts. And by the way, on Tuesday, German against the Mariners, just one earned run, two hits, nine strikeouts, and seven innings pitched. I don't know what you guys think of German in his last three starts, but I think he may earn himself a uh, consistent 
starting five spot come October. Now, I'm not going to knock his performance. He looks great, but two of those three starts were against the <laughs> two of the worst teams in baseball with the Mets and Very the, true. and the Rays. But yeah, it takes it but it does take a lot to go out there and pitch nine plus six six plus innings and nine plus strikeouts in those two starts. So I'll clap it up for him. But do I think he'll be pitching in September? Yeah. Mm-mm. Maybe we'll maybe as the fifth guy because I really do think the Yankees will trade and Duhar, Frazier or someone to get another uh, get another pitch into this into this rotation because yeah, or Sheffield. I I don't think they'll trade Sheffield. We'll see. I don't I don't think they should. I think he has a lot of potential. And I, if they were to trade any minor league pitcher, I think it'd be Chance Adams. But mm. I really do think that they go out and get a guy like uh, Bumgarner or um, uh, who's the other guy I'm thinking of? Syndergaard. Syndergaard maybe maybe Syndergaard. Oh, um, Patrick Corbin. That's who I was thinking of. They go out and sign oh, him for the D-backs. Or, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And he's having a fantastic season. I think they go out and sign one, uh, trade for one of those guys to add because Severino. Right. Lights out. Anytime he pitches, mm-hmm. he's a Cy Young candidate. He looks fantastic every start he has. And CeCe hasn't looked bad. No. Mm-mm. Hasn't looked bad. And Tanaka will give you, a, I mean, he's a, he's injured, right? Yeah. yeah. Those he's will a, be three of the five heading into postseason. Yes. And Tanaka, Tanaka's a hit or miss. When, whenever he goes out, he's either going to... Every time. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah he's either, he's either going to pitch six-plus innings with seven-plus strikeouts, or he's going to get blown out by the fourth. So, I mean, but he, he'll be there. And you got you got to add someone who isn't Sonny Gray right. or Herman uh, yeah. or this uh, Loasiaga, whatever, however you pronounce yeah. that guy's name. So <laughs> you, you can't it can't be one of those guys heading in September. Um, can German and Sonny Gray make their case to be four and five? Though I understand the Yankees will definitely get an arm, and I think one of at least one of those two will go to the bullpen come October if they're still around. I think it'll be Herman. I mean, Sonny Gray. I don't think he's ever pitched the day out of the bullpen in his life. Sonny so. Gray yeah. is improving. He had seven strikeouts against the Nationals on Monday, and an important piece to the Yankees, AJ Cole, back on the DL again. Mm. Bullpen guy, ten day DL, left neck strain. He'll join Tanaka on the DL, which Cole just can't get in. It, it, he just can't get in the game. No, yeah, you're right. There, you talk about how deep the bullpen is too. Yeah. Chapman, Green, Robertson, yeah. Cole, Kinley. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, yeah, this this Yankees bullpen is fantastic up and down. I mean, yeah, great at AJ Cole. He's a potential guy who can light up, help light up that bullpen. But I mean, you take him out of there. It, the, this Yankees bullpen doesn't miss a step at, at all. I mean, because like we just said, you have Adam Warren, Tommy Canely, Batances, Robertson, Chapman, Chad Green, and that, you just named six guys who have a, a sub-four ERA. Mm-hmm. The Mets would love to have any one of those guys in their bullpen. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's this Yankees team is the only weak spot you can find is in their starting pitching, yeah. which they're going to have to do because if you were to go, if, we, if the season were to end right now, I'm going to take the Astros in the playoffs again, just because the Yankees don't have any pitching mm-hmm. and, they, and they they have they have Severino, but that's yeah. it. The Astros are the only team standing in the Yankees' way of the World Series. You can make a case for Boston, but I think when they go head to head, the Yankees have the clear edge, oh, yeah. especially 100%. if they keep first place. And Boston may not even go that far. 100%. We talked about the play-in game. Yeah. You never know. A bad night. Hate to say it, it could happen to the Yankees too. You just don't know. It could happen to any team. We'll see. Um last thoughts on the Yankees here. Look, Brett Gardner 
avoiding the DL, just sitting for a few days, and they don't have to place him on the DL. Look at the play of Clint Frazier in center. Clint Frazier, a guy who played some games at third last year for the Yankees, and even second. Very versatile guy. He can play in the infield, outfield. Six games with the Yanks. He was raking in the minors. He's hitting three thirty three yeah. since being called up to the big leagues. He's, I love Clint Frazier. When the, when the Yankees traded for him last year or two years ago, Either way, whenever the Yankees trade for him, I thought this guy is going to be fantastic. I loved when the Indians drafted him in 2012 or 13, whenever it was. I thought it was a fantastic pickup. And now with with the Yankees' depth in their outfield, he's being wasted in AAA now. Because yeah. you, have, you have Hicks, you have Gardner, you have Stanton, you have Judge, and Ellsbury. But, I mean... No one's going to, you know, trade bait for a pitcher. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Ex- exactly. So it won't surprise me because his talent is being wasted in AAA. I think Ellsbury is going to get is, killed, maybe. He's a, he's a starter talent, and it w- he's, I think he will be a big piece to be traded somewhere for a pitcher at some point this season, whether it's to Arizona, whether it's to San Francisco, even the Met, even New York, even the Mets. So. Yeah, I wouldn't mind a Clint Frazier and a Duhar. No, I would love nope. me some Clint Frazier. Um, today, just wrap up today's game one more time. Severino improves to eleven and two. Yanks beat the Mariners four to three, and they won against a pretty strong pitcher for the Mariners, mm-hmm. and James Paxton, mm-hmm. who falls to six and two. He lost just one game coming into today, and the Yanks get away uh, with four runs in the first inning. Judge and Duhar, both two-run bombs. The only source of offense for the Yankees today, surprisingly. Mm. Uh, early day game, and then Seager, he had that two-run bomb back in the top of the second. Mariners fall, and Seattle in the same division as Houston. It's going to be tough. Seattle and the Yankees may meet in that wild-card game. You never know. It could yeah. be Seattle-Boston, Seattle-Yankees. Never know. Yeah, this this the AL is just stacked up and down because yep. you could see the West. It could be the Angels and the Seattle. Yeah. In the Central, um, Central, you could just see the Indians. Really, I don't really you don't really see any other team coming out of the Nobody's Central. Nobody's coming up to them. Yeah, so it's really and then the West. I mean, the East. You have the Yankees and the Red Sox. Yep. Yeah. So it's gonna it's gonna be a very tough wild card to see what happens, and it's gonna be very a very interesting AL playoffs when it comes time in September. Well. To wrap up baseball here, before we step aside for a quick break, big matchup tonight between the Padres and the Giants. Madison Bumgarner on the mound carries an 0-2, 4.67 ERA. So Bumgarner, a guy the Yankees may want to look at as well mm-hmm. from San Francisco, who's not having a great season. Didn't he get injured earlier? Yes, he was hurt um, for a while this season. Um and then also the Blue Jays and Angels play tonight. The Athletics and White Sox had their game postponed today. They'll make that up Friday. And Matt Harvey starting for the Cincinnati Reds tonight. They'll play the Cubs. Matt Carvey, haha, uh, one in five, five point nine two earned run average. Uh, we hmm. wish the Dark Knight the best. Not really. No, we don't. No, uh, he's garbage <laughs> supreme. He stinks. I'm happy he's out of New York. And that is a pun intended by Chris Klimazuski. If you're listening, Matt Harvey. Good. I hope he is listening because I really don't like you. I had a lot. I loved you. I loved you so much. I bought your jersey, and now you stink. You disappoint me. You broke my heart. Zach. Goodbye. Good riddance. Hope you never see me again. Very well said. Zach Godley on the mound for the D-backs tonight. They'll play the Pirates. Cards and Brewers, big NL Central matchup. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I believe the Red Sox took care of business today against the Twins. They beat them 9-2. to Porcello improves to 9-3. and three. Mm-hmm. 
on the season as Boston erupts for their 50th win. They're the second team to reach the 50th win mark. The Yankees did it as well. Um, so now three teams at 50 wins, I should say. On that note, that'll do it for baseball. When we come back, we will recap the NBA Finals briefly. But the NBA Draft strikes tonight at 8 p.m. at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. You're listening to Review and Preview here on WCWPSports.org. Jay Wasp playing the wobble. Look Great at that. song. Great song. As we're back from our one-minute break, welcome back to Review and Preview. Nice. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside James Montefusco, Chris Klimazuski, and John Wasserman, who has the shades on now. DJing. As <laughs> Jay Wasp. Future's so bright, he needs his shades on. Damn right. Breaking news, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Jameis Winston expected to be suspended several games <laughs> this season. Uh, James just reported that us he violated the league's personal conduct policy. Uh, the impending suspension stem the impending suspension will stem from Winston's involvement back in twenty sixteen, an alleged incident with an Uber driver and his failure to report it. <laughs> Neither Winston nor the Bucks have been <laughs> notified of the suspension, but the expectation is Winston will be sus- sus- suspended several games. Chris, this guy an gets Uber into, driver. Yeah, this guy gets into the dumbest stuff that you can imagine. <laughs> when he was getting out of college, stole crab legs. You're Jameis Winston. <laughs> like what incident with an Uber driver? I, I, oh, this guy is dumb. Like how was he the first pick in the draft? This guy, I can't say these words over the air, but he, I mean, for the listeners out there, you can imagine what I'm going to say, what I would say, but this guy is just dumb. Like, uh, Again, second time tonight, Chris cannot find words. Also words. Like, I, like you'll want to like this guy, too, sure. but he's just a fool. Yeah. Just a Fool. That's He's looking like say. a fool with his pants on the ground. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, great, great YouTube yeah. right there for those young, young kids. YouTube uh, American Punch Idol, <laughs> pants on the ground. Great, great song. Yes, grandpas. <laughs> yes, yeah. us old guys. guys. That's twenty two and up and still uh, students. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. As the twenty two club has spoken, um, NBA <laughs> Finals. We are transitioning from an Uber incident <laughs> with Jameis Winston two years ago to the NBA Finals. The Golden State Warriors completed the four-game sweep of LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers, 108-85, another blowout, big sleep away. Uh, look, a lot of people predicted this before the season started. The Warriors would win uh, their third title in four years. Durant wins his second straight MVP. Mm-hmm. Shocker, not really. Um NBA is so predictable, guys. LeBron James has now lost six NBA Finals, his second time swept. Once they came back against the Boston series down 3-2, they were just getting to the Finals to get walked over by Golden State. Oh, 100%. I mean, I didn't even think the I thought the Cavs were out of it once they played the Pacers. Like I thought, after it took because the Pacers took them to game, seven games. I was like, "Oh, whoa!" Didn't expect this. And I thought, you know, LeBron would have been tired. But no, they go out, they sweep the Raptors, destroy the Raptors, and then they go out, beat the uh, beat the Celtics in seven games. Mm-hmm. There was just LeBron. It was just out, like out of it the whole time. He was there was not there was nothing else that man could give to the city of Cleveland and the Cavaliers in that game. Because honestly. 
the real MVP that whole that whole that series was LeBron James. He was putting up phenomenal numbers oh, yeah. with with a broken left hand. Let's not let's, let's remember that. Yeah. So I mean, look, I I'm not a LeBron fan. I respect his game. He I definitely think he's the second best player of all time, but he, there was nothing else LeBron could have done for this Cavs team. I mean, he gave it his all, and now we're just on to see who's going to win the LeBron sweepstakes this year. Hmm. James. LeBron James yeah. averaged 34 <laughs> points per game in the NBA Finals, shot 52% from the field, but he had no help. No help. No. Corver, nothing. George Hill, nothing. J.R. Smith nearly, uh, you know, going the other way. Broke up with LeBron. Well, I'm in sure game he one. also let everybody know that. Oh, absolutely. That he did it with no help. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it's tough for that guy. I right. mean, you bring a team so far on your back, you would. Assume somebody would step up yeah. and say, I need to help LeBron. Well, here's the thing. Kevin Love gets an anxiety attack every five seconds. So, I mean, there, there's, well, there's nothing. Help. So, does Ty, so does Tyron Lue. LeBron but, James is the coach of that team. Well, yeah. the, the, th- the thing with Kevin Love, he didn't play bad no, this, he didn't. this series. So, I mean, yeah, it's Le- it was LeBron and Kevin Love. But that's it, though. And I'll tell you why. Because I really don't think... Um, LeBron James elevates the his teammates because you saw it. You can see it in uh, when he was with the Heat mm-hmm. that it you had D Wade and Bosh who were already established players and they're going to play good because they're good. They're they're good players, but uh, the people around him, he never really he never really helped them out. And you can see it here too with the Cavs this year. They they try they trade off Isaiah Thomas to the Lakers and they get Larry Nance. Rodney Hood and Jordan Clarkson, who were all, no, I wouldn't say great, but they were played, they played they mm-hmm. yeah they were above, slightly above not nah, average players. They were average players on the Lakers, and they played good. And they come to the Cavs, they stink. Well, Hood came from the Jazz. Where Jazz, that's he what I meant. Yeah. Over double figures, but yeah, Clarkson and Nance. Right now, Nance is an average player. Nance can yeah. improve moving forward. Yeah, but. he can improve. Yeah, now that LeBron's gone, but LeBron was there, and Larry, Larry Nance was. MIA. Rodney Hood showed up for game three and four, which was a little late. And Jordan Clarkson, who was a prototypical what, sixth man on the. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was Wait. a good sixth man. But he comes to the Cavs Nothing. and stink. Kyle Corver stinks. J.R. Smith. I mean, there's nothing to say about J.R. Smith. I mean, he was MIA too. And yeah. I, it's, I think it's just because LeBron does not elevate his players. Granted, LeBron, like I said, LeBron, second best player of all time. There's no doubt. There's no doubt with any top two, top three maybe. You can argue, make an argument for top three, but he, I just really don't think he elevates his players, and that's no. why they, they lost. That's why LeBron's lost his last what six finals? Yeah, not last six, but he has lost six finals. He's, he's lost six three, finals. He's yeah. lost six. And by the way, if this pace keeps up, LeBron's been in the finals for what the last six, seven years now. Yeah. I believe so. Jerry West has lost the most NBA Finals. He was 1-8 all-time in the NBA Finals. So there you have it. Eight NBA Finals is the most lost. LeBron is two away from tying that record. He will. You he'll, think? Tie. I, he'll tie I, it. I think he'll break it. Yeah. I think he might. I mean, what, he's, we'll 30, he's 32? Yeah, he's 32, 33. Look, he's, I can say uh, this. More no matter what team LeBron goes to this, this offseason, I think that they'll make the playoffs, mm-hmm. whether it's in the East or the West. They'll make the playoffs. But will they win? It really depends. If he goes to the, if he stays in the East, he will 
lose the finals to the Warriors again. Because yeah. the, I don't see a team beating this Warriors team. If Kevin Durant comes back, and this team is just too good. You oh. have you have the best possible shooter of all time with Steph Curry. Kevin Durant's the best offensive player of of right now. Clay Thompson is a phenomenal three point shooter. Draymond Green can shoot, can play offense, and he's great defense. Mm-hmm. Where can where have you found another team like this in NBA history that's played like this team? Maybe maybe the Pistons in the late eighties, early nineties. Maybe when Jordan, uh, Pippen, and Rodman all played together, but and maybe the Celtics with Bird, McHale, and Parrish. But you don't, you haven't seen a team like this in a long time, and this is possibly, arguably, the greatest team of all time. And no one's getting through, no one's stopping this Warriors team. And nobody's even talking about the impact that guys like Kevon Looney had in the NBA Finals, mm-hmm. JaVale mm-hmm. McGee, the mm-hmm. offensive rebounds. They slaughtered Kevin Love. Yes, um, and the recipe to success for Golden State was getting mismatches defensively. Kyle Korver was attacked consistently in the oh, paint yeah. that entire NBA Finals. Um, and Klay Thompson had his uh, fair share of moments with him. But um, anyway, Golden State, not invited to the White House, uh, whatever. They weren't uh, going to go anyway. No, they were not going to uh, go. Uh, let's not talk about we're the politics. Let's move on let's, yeah, I don't want to talk well, about politics. We, ha- we have to bring it up. Yeah, no, I understand well, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But we have I, to bring it up. Just, uh, ne- ne- neither team invited. Uh, now the off season is here. Where is LeBron going next? Philly, L.A., uh, Boston, I said back it, to Cleveland. I said it two weeks ago, and I've said it since I heard this original report uh, over, I think, last year, or maybe it was early in September, wherever it was, whatever it was, that he will be in L.A. next year. He's got a house awesome. out there. Apparently, his, kid, his uh, son enrolled in a school out there. And it will not surprise me if he goes to the Lakers or the Clippers, either or. Which so, L.A. is a good point, too. That's the, yeah, that's yeah. a good if point. If LeBron Which, goes to the Clippers, Jordan will most likely stay. Yeah, DeAndre yeah. Jordan will stay. And you get, you can, and they, I'm pretty sure they have two high draft picks this year. So they go out and sign maybe the two guys, they draft the two kids from Kentucky tonight in Knox and Alexander, who aren't terrible players. They're yeah. good They're good players. Mm, so right. you get, you get yeah. those two guys plus LeBron and DeAndre Jordan. It's a good team. That sounds like a good team to me. Then he goes over to if he goes over to LA, you have Lonzo Ball, a possible Kawhi Leonard, a possible Paul George signing, uh, Julius Randle, and yeah. Brooke Lopez. I don't know about Paul George. Yeah, I don't uh, know. in LA, I'm not too sure. George might want to stay with the Thunder. I don't. I, I don't know what it is. The uh, the extremely large markets have never attracted Paul George for mm-hmm. some reason. Um, but Kawhi wants out of San Antonio, and he said this to Greg Popovich. Yeah. So, you know, where it's not just where's LeBron going, where is Kawhi going? This is what makes it really interesting. Can LeBron and Kawhi possibly be teammates? My thing is this. The competition needs to increase. LeBron, Kawhi, Paul George all have the opportunity. There's the opportunity for another official super team to emerge. Oh, yeah. Then yeah. next year you could be sitting there saying it could be L.A., Houston, and Golden State in the Western Conference. Then it will be a complete toss-up, and then the NBA will come back to life. And, look, Adam Silver, the commissioner, has said it best. You know, props to the Warriors, but I get it. The league is not really that competitive against Golden State right now. Yeah. I get it, but props to the Warriors for winning the finals. 
Um, I, I th- free agency is going to be so interesting. It is going to be interesting. And I'm look, I don't really watch the NBA as much as I should. And I can say I I was a Knicks fan. I really didn't watch any games. I'm I'm actually no. I'm going to say that I didn't watch any games. <laughs> but I'm this. I'm going to say it now. I said it on my Twitter. If you for those who follow me at Chris Klum ten, um, this off season August third. I'm picking. I'm taking my talents to a new NBA team. Uh, and it's all going to depend on what happens this off season. Yeah, granted, I'm the Knicks are still in the running for my team. The Nets are in the running. Love me some Hornets, and I like the Wizards. Mm-hmm. So it's all going to be it's all, in this offseason. It's going to determine where I want to choose my fanship for the rest of my life. And it's going to be a very interesting offseason to see what happens because I want I would love to see where LeBron goes. Uh, I th- I think Kevin Durant's going to sign back to the Warriors because why not? Um, and I want to see where Paul George goes. I think Paul George uh, is going to stay there in. Um, where is he? Oklahoma City. Yeah. I couldn't th- mm-hmm. think of that for a sec. I think so, too. Yeah, so, I mean, it's going to be very exciting to see what happens this offseason. And for those listening, you can listen. You can turn into my Instagram feed on August 3rd and see where I'll pick my fanship. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so on that note, let's um, get to the NBA draft. But before we get there, a trade uh, being reported, Dwight Howard to the Brooklyn Nets for Timothy Mozgov, cash and two future draft picks for Brooklyn, one of them being tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, Dwight Howard, $23.8 million expiring contract uh, with Charlotte. Um, he's entering negotiations now with Brooklyn. Um, and Mozgov, 31 years old, expected to make $16 million next season. Hornets committing to his contract. Um, so let's see if that has an impact on who Brooklyn will select in tonight's draft. Now that you have a guy like Dwight Howard. Um, speaking of the NBA draft tonight, I believe the draft starts at 7 or 8? I'm about to tell you right now. I think the draft starts at... It starts at, doo, 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 it starts 7 at o'clock. 7. So as soon as this show ends... The NBA draft will be underway. Yes. So right after the show ends... Um, look, we all think... We all know who's going number one. It's no secret. But this year's NBA draft is the year of the big men. Oh, yes, yes. it the is. The modern big man. Yes. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, 7-1, knows he's going number one overall to the Phoenix Suns. I think it will be a shocker if he goes elsewhere. Um, we'll predict our top five or so picks in just a moment. But before we get to that, who will the Knicks take in tonight's draft? Because now it gets really interesting. You're loaded at the point guard position. Now you have Moutier, you have Nidalekina, you know, you're really loaded over there. And Kyle O'Quinn just declined his player option. Um, so he will become an unrestricted free agent. There's a good chance he'll re-sign with the team, but you're looking right now. I mean, Por- Porzingis most likely will not be ready to start the season. Um, you know, and you're looking at your center position. If O'Quinn doesn't re-sign, you're really... You're just there with uh, Ennis Cantor hmm. right now, so I'm not I'm not too sure who the Knicks will take tonight. Some people are saying Trey Young if he falls to them. Um, I don't know if he will. The Knicks are selecting ninth, by the way, right after Cleveland. Um, so the Knicks will have the ninth and the thirty seventh pick in tonight's draft. So I don't know. It's going to be a star studded night for New York. Yeah, it is, and. 
I really, really hope the Knicks do not draft Colin Sexton or Trey Young. I think, see, here's my thing with them too, those two. I think they're one of a kind players. I people are comparing Trey Young to Steph Curry, which I think is mind bottling and asinine. But look, they they both have a tremendous talent. Yeah. But it's you're either going to hit with them or you're going to miss with them. They're either going to be huge busts or they're going to be the next big thing. And personally, I don't think they are going to be anything at all. You saw Trey Young's play diminish as at Oklahoma as Oklahoma stunk it up towards the second half of the mm-hmm. season. Alabama did did good. I mean, he, Colin Sexton literally made Alabama basketball relevant. Mm-hmm. So that's I, you, you can't knock him for that. But do I think anything highly of them? I'm not a fan. I really hope the Knicks do not draft him. I really hope the Knicks either take Mile, one of the Bridges, or Kevin Knox. Right, and that's my personal opinion. They need a small forward. Yeah, they need they need they a small do. forward because they have Nilakina, they have Moutier, who isn't the two guys who can still develop. And you still have Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway. Oh, I'm not a fan of uh, Courtney Lee, but um, yeah, you still have Tim Hardaway. You have Court. You can have Courtney Lee come off the bench. You draft one of those three guys who start at the small forward for you. You have Porzingis and you have Cantor if he comes back, if he doesn't get arrested in Turkey. Um, <laughs> <sighs> But and that's a that it's not a bad team. No, it's, it's not. not a bad team. But I'm what I saw the report I saw the other day or yesterday is that the Grizzlies were willing to send the fourth pick and Chandler Parsons to the the Knicks for the ninth pick and Frank Nelkina. I take it. I in would, a heartbeat. Hundred percent. In a heartbeat. You know, I saw Bagley. I saw that. I saw. Oh, Bagley. I don't think Bagley's less than four. Yeah. Um. But. I saw that and I was like, "Sign me up for that! I would love that." Because, granted, yeah, you you bring on Chandler Parsons' twenty-one million dollar contract, I, and you tr- you trade n- the a nineteen-year-old Nilakina with absolutely no contract, but Chandler Parsons wasn't a, wasn't a terrible player two years ago. He was no. he would he would average thirteen plus points, and and he that's why he got that big contract because he deserved it, and I think. He still, I think he still can be good. He, I mean, yeah, he was averaging six points, six plus points this past season. But I think he can be good. And then you go in and you get a guy, and maybe like Mo Bamba, or you mm. pray, you pray for Michael Porter. You really pray Michael, Michael Porter. Porter Jr. Do, uh, yeah, you really mm-hmm. pray he falls down to nine. But if you get that fourth pick, you'd have no problem taking Michael Porter because yeah. he, he's the ide- uh, Michael Porter is the ideal pick for the Knicks right now. If I mean I did my mock I did my uh, lottery mock draft the other night and I have Michael Porter falling to the Knicks, so I really my my lottery mock draft goes DeAndre Ian easily Marvin Bagley, Mo Bamba to the uh, Hawks, uh, Luka Doncic to the Grizzlies, Wendell Carter to the Mavericks, Trey Young to the Magic, Colin Sexton to the Bulls, Jaron Jackson to the Cavs, Michael Porter to the Knicks. Michael Bridges to the 76ers, Miles Bridges to the Hornets, Kevin Knox and Alexander to the Clippers, and then Lonnie Walker to the uh, Nuggets. So that's your 1 through 14. That's my 1 uh, through 14. Oh, me and James, you have 5 down, right? Yeah. Probably do 1, one through 5, and then we'll give a couple of uh, lottery picks following that. So the Suns pick first. Yeah. I think we can both agree. DeAndre Ayton's going number one. Oh, yes. Number yeah. two, Sacramento. Mm-hmm. This is 
where I think um, either Doncic or Bagley falls. I feel like Bagley goes. Yeah. Chris, who do you have at number two again? I have Bagley. And I'm yeah. not knocking because I've heard the reports that Luka Doncic is possibly one of the great best European players they've seen in a long time, probably since Dirk Nowitzki. But he's a European player. How many of how many guys have right. actually panned out in the NBA? Yeah, yeah. you have Porzingis. Porzingis. Yeah. I won't even, think... even say he's panned out because he's been injured every year. He has. So I won't even say he's panned out yet. Yeah, you have uh, guys like Dirk and Tony Parker and Ginobili who panned out very well. I see Luka Donick. Is that how you say his Don, name? I've been saying, Don, I've been saying Doncic. All right. Uh, the closer we are. Um, I feel like he'll go either five or eight. Yeah, I can see yeah. him falling big time. You know, he can I fall mean, to the five spot. Even though I'm looking at a website's mark, mock draft, he goes yeah. third. But if teams don't want to take a risk, and they he drops, he could be a big surprise for a lot, for the league. Yeah. I think yeah. if they're saying if he's this good overseas. Oh, yeah. for sure, for sure. Um, look to give you my one through five right now. Um, Aiton number one, Bagley number two, Doncic number three, mm-hmm. and I think I think Mo Bamba's going to the Mavs at five, and I think if the Grizzlies don't trade out, they'll take Michael Porter Jr. at number four. That's I, just I, me. I think I think I, well, I've heard. I'm not sure how true this is, but Mo Bamba does not like the Grizzlies at all. Yeah, I think Mo <laughs> That's Bamba. What I, heard. I think Mo Bamba is either going to the Mavs at five or the Bulls at seven ooh, if he falls that ooh. far. He could fall. I've saw yeah. I've saw mock drafts where he's fallen a lot. The Magic might take Wendell Carter Jr. at number six. It could happen. It, it won't yeah. surprise. They it need the. Yeah. He's very underrated as well. And then uh, you got uh, what is it from Mi- uh, Michigan State? The guy, the kid from Michigan State, in n- number two. Oh, uh, Miles Bridges. Yeah, Miles yeah. Bridges. Wait, him or uh, Jackson? Either Jackson or Bridges. I mean, it's really a toss-up. But my but my one through five, I'll say it now. Aiton, mm-hmm. Bagley, Doncic, uh, four, Porter Jr., and then five, Bamba. Hmm. I could see it. I could see it happening. And I, I think I think uh, Trey Young might fall uh, might fall out of the top ten. I'm yeah. not a, not a fan of Trey Young. Um, you think he would go more towards the Clippers? Uh, I think the Clippers 13. might be a destination for him. I think if the Clippers can grab Trey Young at the either twelve or thirteen, I think it's a it could be a steal. But I think because Trey Young is possibly one of the best shooters in this draft. Yes, yeah. And people are comparing him to Steph Curry, which so I'm, which I, which I think too is soon. yeah way too soon. It's asinine to think that you need to see how he plays. But yeah, you need to see how he plays. And but if the if the Clippers can grab Trey Young at twelve or thir- mm-hmm. twelve. I think it's a great pick for them. Now, the yeah. Hawks really want Doncic at three. It's been reported. But they the do. Mavs also want him at five. Could there be a trade looming? I think there's already them? talks right now. I think there could be a lot of movement in the top five. I think three, so. Three, four, and five, there could be some serious movement. Yeah. Um, so, James, who do you have as your top five? Uh, Anton. No, that's Aiton. Aiton, yeah. Sorry about that. As number one. I'm going with Bagley too. Um, I'm going to put Trey Young at three. Wow. Okay. Um, Mo Bamba, the way you guys are saying, I'm not a big fan. Um, I, I, I'm, I don't watch the NBA too right. much. 
I think Cole Drop and uh, I think Jackson Jr. Yeah, Jackson Jr. can go top five for sure. Yeah. Uh, so it's a little out of order. Good picks. Yeah. I, uh, I'm interested to see who the Bulls. I'm interested seven through nine. Bulls, Cavs, Knicks. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. That's what I'm interested to see. The back end of the top ten. I'm pretty much sure that the top three is going to go the way I think it's going to go. But then four through nine is where it starts to get interesting. Now, the Nets tonight have three picks, number 29, number 40, number 45. The Knicks have number 9 and 37. So it'll be interesting to see who Brooklyn takes at number 25. Maybe uh, a Grayson Allen at number 29 in Brooklyn. You don't know. But my thing is this. Villanova star Dante DiVincenzo. Mm, Does he get picked in the first round? I really think this kid should be going back to school for another year. I think he's making a mistake by coming out. He's only a junior? Yeah. He's only, so... Wait, how old is he? Well, he's, he's going to he's, his senior year. He's, he's oh. 21. No. No? Uh, I, academically, he'll be a senior, but okay. he'd be going into his redshirt junior season with Villanova. Okay. Yeah. So he's got two years of eligibility left. That's my thing. But, and this is kind of based off of one game. He scored 31 points in one game. And I hate to say this, this is where I compare Grayson Allen to uh, DiVincenzo mm-hmm. a little bit. Allen, his freshman year had a phenomenal uh, national championship game, and there were talks about him coming out, but he decided to go back to school. Mm-hmm. DiVincenzo, I think, should go back to school for another year. But isn't he testing the waters at this point? He is. He doesn't I have think, an agent, though. No, he does not, So I think which that, is different, you know, which I, might lower his stock, which is why they're saying, like, 2025 for DiVincenzo. But for him to do that, I feel like he's, it's smart and not so smart in two ways. Yep. Smart because he wants to see what's out there. He wants to see what he can get. Not I, so smart because he's going to be losing school time. And what are you going right. to do after you're done with your career? Sit at home for the rest of your life? We'll see, see, now, yeah. see, what I think with I li- Dante DiVincenzo is arguably the best three-point shooter in college basketball. And I'm not shocked he's coming into the draft. Yeah, he and when I saw him, when I see him playing at Villanova, he reminds me of um, who was the other shooting guard that shot really well at Villanova? Oh, uh, Archie Diakno. Archie Diakno. He reminds me a lot of him, but and possibly even better than him, and him too. Do I think he should go into the draft? Yes, I think. Why not? Yeah, you had an amazing finals, uh, March Madness. You had you. You're a crazy three point shooter. I think with the right team. With the right, if he goes to the goes to the right team, he can be a prototypical steal late in this draft. He can be like, I wouldn't say like a Donovan Mitchell, but I mean like he can definitely become a a great three point shooter. In this My thing them. is this: you don't want to be the Detroit Pistons tonight, who last year took Luke Kennard one pick before Donovan Mitchell for Utah. <laughs> and spe- speaking of which, speaking of NBA draft bust in the first round, remember Darko Milicic went number two overall. Over Carmelo Anthony, mm-hmm. and then um, uh, what's McCall? It somebody went before Clay Thompson. Jimmer Fredette went one pick before Clay Thompson. Well, let's not forget that Johnny was... Flynn went one pick before I Steph was... Curry. Just, yeah, yeah, Johnny Flynn and Ricky. Rubio. Where is Johnny Flynn? <sighs> Loved me some Johnny Flynn and it's Cuse. Cuse. Uh-huh. Uh, we have about two minutes left here on the show, um, and we're gonna just briefly talk about the Stanley Cup Finals. The Washington Capitals win the series 4-1 over Vegas. Ovechkin wins his first title. Good for him. I'm pretty sure he's still partying. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. 
You shaved. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw did. those Gillette yeah. commercials. Yeah. It was like, woo. <laughs> Getting a little advertising out there. Uh, the Caps' first Stanley Cup title since 1974. Speaking of the Caps, breaking news. Mm-hmm. The Washington Capitals head coach, Barry Trotz, resigns Monday. Mm-hmm. Now, 72 hours later, he has a new home, and we'll get to that in just a moment. Now, when the Caps decided that Trotz was leaving, there was only one other team in the entire NHL that did not have a head coach. What was that team? The New, New York Islanders. And who picks them up today? The, the New- Islanders. I love this signing so much. I'm, I'm still mind-bottled that the Capitals let him walk, but this is a great signing for the Islanders who just re- who added Lou uh, Lamorello as their GM and president. Mm-hmm. And Barry Trotz is the perfect coach for oh, this absolutely. team. Yes. Especially with JT lingering on if he's going to leave or not. And I think with this signing, with the new home in 2019 at Belmont, there's no excuse for JT to leave. No. Plus, Barzell won rookie of the year. There's no excuse for JT to leave. The Islanders, I think, are on the up and come up, and they have a ton of potential to make the playoffs this year. And the Islanders ponied up a lot of money. Yes. To, to get trots, Don't it's a multi, yeah. it's a multi-year deal that oh, yeah. will pay up to four million annually. So, any final thoughts before we log off? Uh, I expect Islanders to do very well this year. All right, yeah, let's go, well. Knicks, uh, Mets. You know, let's uh, let's hope for the best. The Yankees, let's hope they keep riding out a strong win, win win streak as we near July. On that note, on behalf of James Montefusco, Chris Klimazuski, Kyle Earhart. Jay Wass, John Wasserman, I'm Tom Scavetta. Tune in next week. You've been listening to Review and Preview here on WCWPSports.org. No plans to a full house. No heroes, villains, one to blame. While we'll did roses build the stage and the thrill, the thrill is gone. Our debut was a masterpiece, but in the end for you and me on this show. Like what you hear? Here's how you can let us know. Give us a call at 516-299-2626 or email us at info at wcwp.org. Like us at facebook.com slash mywcwp and leave a comment or tweet us at mywcwp. We welcome all kinds of feedback. To directly support the podcast you just enjoyed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to give back, visit WCWP.org and click the support tab. Thanks for listening from your friends at WCWP.